0: What's up, everything? Well, the second week without our stalwart co-host, Ian, was not as pleasant as the first, and I pity our dear friend who gets to cover it with me. The Blues had been red hot winning six in a row, but it turns out they had not yet begun to defile themselves, and this week the Blues lost four games in the midst of a playoff race, bringing home only one out of a possible eight points. The Blues still have a puncher's chance of making the playoffs, but is there any hope? We'll discuss that ahead, so let's get started, and let's go Blues, I guess? This is the Two Guys No Cup Podcast. Uh, My name is Stephen Ground. We're about to be joined by uh, our good friend Tommy Hummel, uh, who is part of the PC or pop culture bombcast. You can find him on Twitter at Hummeltown and find them at PC bombcast. Uh, we met Tommy probably a, f- a few months ago now, officially, and we met him on Twitter a little bit before that. And he's just a uh, a kindred spirit as a blues fan, has a lot of the same ideas and beliefs we do. So we struck up a friendship on Twitter. Uh, and then he invited us to be a part of his podcast. And so when we were looking uh, for co hosts for the show while Ian was in Japan, he was the first that came to our mind uh We're excited to have him, and I had a lot of fun recording with him, uh, so you're going to hear that in just a minute. Uh, I do want to let you know that Ian will be back uh, starting next week, and we are planning to do probably a a playoff bonus episode where we discuss our playoff predictions, whether or not the Blues make the playoffs. Uh, So that'll be upcoming for you, and then we'll see. uh, We'll talk about what our content looks like in the offseason or during the playoffs, whichever uh, the Blues may find themselves in. But that is not this week. Week. This week is the incomparable uh, Tommy Hummel. So, without uh, further delay, let's go ahead and get to the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. All right. Welcome back to the Two Guys No Cut podcast. This is uh, Thursday, April 5th. We are recording in St. Louis, Missouri. I'm here with uh, Tommy Hummel, who is our friend from. Uh, the I, I want to call it the old name, but now it is the Pop Culture Bombcast. Is PC that correct? Bombcast. Excellent. And how is that going?
1: Yeah, it's going great. You know, we're really uh, expanding horizons and trying to get as much pop culture content as we can on there. I think we're interviewing a documentarian tonight. I'm not really sure what. That he sounds doing. So really you should cool. feel honored. I came on your <laughs> podcast. I do. And, and didn't I've, do my own. No, it's it, it's always. A- Flattering to be asked to be on an air podcast. Yeah, it's really fun. I think it's my first one, so that means I'm already better than Bender, which is the <laughs> most important thing since we're, <laughs> exactly. right, we're on the show. Uh, yeah, so, and then I think we're interviewing a, a gentleman who wrote a book on Saturday, I believe a fantasy novel, so nice. tune that in for sounds that. sounds like a
0: lot of fun. Uh, yeah, you guys are great. I've really enjoyed listening to you covering... Everything from when we came on to talk about the blues to, yeah, fantasy novels, and Oscar coverage, and everything in between. Yeah. So I really love it, and I think you guys have a lot of great chemistry. So, why don't you, I mean, we, we came on your show a couple mm-hmm. months ago. Sure. Uh, but why don't you tell us a little bit about how we ended up getting together, mostly like a Twitter connection and... How you ended up here, I guess. Sure. What is your journey? I, I,
1: I, I'm blowing your horn here. I Shouldn't be the other way around. Aren't inside of the guest here? You right. no, I'll, uh, I'll
0: pump. I'll pump the tires. No. So uh,
1: on our show, we talk is uh, as you said everything from uh, pop culture, Oscars to sports. To, we used to do more politics during the election 16. We were kind of uh, straight away from that, which I think was good for everybody. For healthy, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but my, my, most, uh, my passion on Twitter, on my personal account, which you can follow at Hummeltown, is mostly blues-related. Mm-hmm. And just looking at hashtag STLBlues and mm-hmm. looking at other accounts, you guys at Blues started
0: following me first because yep. I'm super popular like that. I think that's true. My yeah. hot takes. And I assume it was one of your many brilliant insights that you put <laughs> yeah, right, out yeah. every game
1: that uh, <laughs> triggered us. No, usually not. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of... And as I said on our show, there's a lot of blues podcasts out there. There's probably at least 15 to 20 these days. Mm-hmm. And It's kind
0: of crazy. It is. I don't it, think we knew when we got into it, it how much there were. Right. Was. And
1: I've delved into two or three, and they're all good in their own ways. But I feel like you guys had a good blend of analysis with comedy, and you and Ian have really good chemistry. And uh, we've developed a friendship since. we On our show... We have been really challenging ourselves to bring in guests, mm-hmm. and I convinced the boys to bring in, and girl. Shouldn't uh, <laughs> shouldn't forget about the First Lady of the Podcast, the Flop, Missy, but we brought you all in, and I think it was a great show. We got really good yeah. feedback on our end and got a little uh, bounce, I guess, from your followers. So that's awesome. always plus. Hopefully uh, the favor can be returned. <laughs> we're, um, we're really trying to do a good job of... Uh, making a podcast family here in St. Louis. There's a lot of podcasts yeah. out there, and and, and networking, and, and meeting new people. And this, this is the first, hopefully, many friendships I make from uh, the podcasting.
0: Yeah, it's a wonder. It's a really wonderful word, world. Your check is in the mail, by the way, for all the nice <laughs> things you said. But I don't know why I'd mail it with you sitting here across. <laughs> yeah, you just PayPal it.
1: 2018, you know, right?
0: Exactly. But uh, yeah, no, it is a. It's a more involved world than I think I ever would have realized. Coming into it, and I think we really loved getting to know you guys, and hopefully we'll do the same thing and just kind of create a network for all of us. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, you can people can follow you at Hummeltown, H-U-M-M-E-L. I think most people in St. Louis know how to spell. I do not think so.
1: Yeah. It's the thing <laughs> your grandparents Sports have. Little figurines yeah, exactly. Um, and, but more importantly than me, follow the, the show PC Bombcast. You can follow that on Twitter, mm. uh, Facebook, and that's also the name to look on iTunes. Yeah, make and sure to Google subscribe Play. on that's iTunes,
0: that. Google Play, whatever your favorite. I know there are others. I don't believe people use them we Tried but spotify we tried I yeah do you host with soundcloud or some other site you no know,
1: i think we started on soundcloud mm. i don't do any of the engineering i just yeah. show up bring beer and then crack jokes that's the easiest job in wonderful. the world right? yeah exactly i don't know how successful i am at it but <laughs> uh but yeah follow us give us a try and uh, as i always say i don't care if you listen or not just download it so we can uh, look good for our
0: couple sponsors exactly wonderful uh so with that said we're going to go ahead and uh forage forth into the night i guess forage wasn't the word i was looking for but i couldn't think of the one i was so uh ian as we mentioned last week is in japan i think he's set to fly tomorrow which i'm i'm lost track of what day it's friday there right now pretty Does he early know in what the morning tonight in the sharks i don't know right i'll here? have to ask him. <laughs> but uh yeah he's set he's set to leave on saturday there and get back in Chicago, here on Saturday, earlier in the day than he leaves. It's okay. one of those situations. So, uh, we'll have him back sometime next week and figure out what we do from there. But we're very glad to have you uh, in the meantime. So, I guess we'll start with some league news, some discussion of what the standings are, who's in and who's out as far as the playoffs are. Uh, most of the picture, uh, not counting the Blues, of course, who. Have to make us hold our breath till the very end <laughs> uh, is decided now. I know the the Ducks quenched a playoff berth um, the other night. There may be a couple of issues in terms of like final seating uh, that are still left to be determined. But as far as the East, uh, Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto have all quenched playoff berths. Uh, pretty expected all of those teams I think and then Columbus uh, is third in the Metro right now in New Jersey and Philadelphia are the two wild card teams pretty unlikely uh that anybody catches any of those teams Florida's four game four points back with six games left so it'd have to be a pretty big they're the only mathematically uh, team of right? the only other team that's like mathematically yeah. a possibility yeah because Carolina's nine points behind them so after their uh controversial win the other night with Mrs. Mike Fisher being oh, very yeah. upset. Absolutely, she was not not pleased about that. Uh, Jesus which, just needed to take the wheel <laughs> and really bring home a win. For You've those. been excited to drop that one for a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. She was very displeased with a goalie interference call, which you know nothing new in the NHL. Well, do you remember last year her tweeting random crap too throughout mm-hmm. the Blue Sprider yeah. series? I yeah. mean, I mean, sup- I, you know, support your. Husband, oh I guess. of course I mean I, but I it's a little strange because it's like it feels so beneath her you know it's, it's like she's a huge a star
1: well I got into one guy on Twitter not into his that sounds like I was taking shots at the, <laughs> the guy but he was writing about how the NHL is gonna has a real problem because they're gonna lose fans because she's so upset I mean what is the thought process for somebody who's <laughs> following Carrie Underwood on Twitter it's like you know what Screw this NHL. I'm not following it. Yeah. he's pissed off.
0: That it's, is that's insanity to think. That. I tried to argue with the guy and he's like, "No,
1: man, it's no, we're not growing the sport."
0: Yeah, I don't think people that are following Carrie Underwood I don't think there's a big cross-section between those people and NHL fans to begin with. No. But if there is, I think they're probably solid on both fronts. Well, yeah. I mean, like
1: I I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. If Bruce Springsteen tweeted something about how the NFL needs to fix something because the Jets got screwed over. I would have been like, hmm, "That's curious." I moved on with my day. <laughs>
0: exactly right. <laughs> You're not going to let him make your opinions for you. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a strange world we live in. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I think the what the East is more or less decided. Maybe the the Devils and Flyers and Columbus flip a little bit in sure. terms of mm-hmm. who ends up where. Uh, but that would put. It looks like Washington against um, Philadelphia, possibly. Or, no, excuse me, Boston against Philadelphia and Washington against New Jersey in the first round. That would be a fun series. Yeah, and that Tampa Toronto series would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't expect Pittsburgh and Columbus to be much of a fight, but who knows? Uh, Pittsburgh's actually lower in the points than I realize. They're tied with Columbus right now. But I think Columbus can get home by Savannah. Tiebreaker. So that would be big. That would be fun. I would love. If Pittsburgh was bounced in the first round and it just had to be someone new, not that the Bruins are all that new and I'm certain that they're going to (laughs) win at this point, but, you know, it would still be good. Um, And then the West, which is what most of you listening probably cared dramatically more about. Uh, Everyone has clinched except for the final spot, which means Nashville, Winnipeg, and Minnesota are in from our division. uh, And Vegas, San Jose, and Anaheim are in from the Pacific. And then Los Angeles has also clinched. And so it's basically just Colorado... And us fighting for the final fighting for the right spot. to get their
1: ass kicked by the predators.
0: Exactly. I think technically, I'm just doing the math as I look at it right now. Dallas still has a chance. They, do they would not, have. Do they not? Because no. of tiebreakers or something. Tiebreakers. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because it looks like they could win. And have more points than Colorado, but I'm maybe reading it wrong. And the tiebreakers are well because the Blues right. would have
1: to get a win. Yeah, and that's if they weren't playing each other, they would be technically
0: available. But there you go. Somebody's got somebody in theory has that's to win true. that game. Right <laughs> that is true. Um, so yeah, so it'll either be Colorado or St. Louis. We'll obviously cover that a lot more when we talk about uh, the games that we have to discuss this week, which are not going to be fun. No. It's interesting. We had our friend Justin on last week. Yeah, he gets he, all the happy talk. He he did and I get here for all job, day. job. talking about four about. wins or three wins in a row. <laughs> yeah. and you, Yeah, you get the four losses against a couple of garbage teams. But we'll get into all of that uh, later because we do have kind of a, an interesting – a moment that I never expected to be sort of bittersweet for me, uh, but ended up kind of becoming that way uh, in the retirement that was announced this week of Daniel and Henrik Sedin, uh, the Sedin brothers/slash twins of the Vancouver Canucks. Good for you for not saying sisters. You're a better man than yeah. me. Yeah. Hey, you know I've I've said it before. <laughs> um, it's just, it, it's really bizarre to me how like I have I hated them for a long time. Yeah. Because I hated the Canucks because they would always knock us out. And I think they spent enough time being on a bad team where it's now. and, And I think it's just that situation of, like, they're one of the first big stars that I remember, like, you know coming into the league almost more or less and and really like watching their whole career and now they're retiring so it was kind of kind of surprisingly a little sad for me to see that they were retiring I think it was also sad because I feel like they're bailing out that piece of crap (laughs) franchise up there that's poorly run Uh, but we'll get into that in a little bit Um, so they were just kind of I did a lot of research. I want to trim down what I wrote a little bit because that would be – we'd be here a long time. Yeah, two pages
1: on the CD Yeah. That's, a, that's that, dedication
0: hold. That ended up being longer than I meant. But, <laughs> um, yeah, they were drafted in 1999 with the second and third overall pick. Um, for those of you out there who are athletic subscribers, there's a lot of good stuff on there. That's where I found a lot of these articles. Uh, but it was interesting to read about how Brian Burke, who was the Vancouver GM at the time – was determined was convinced by some of his subordinates to draft them in tandem, and basically 1999, as you looked at it, as I looked at it, was probably the worst draft in the history of the NHL. Who went number one that year. Uh, who was it wasn't, I know, and it's out of my mind at the moment, but I'll look it up. Um, but uh, was it, that the guy from the Senators? Like he went to the Thrashers. Yeah, I know okay. that. Oh, yeah, uh, Kovalchuk. It was not. No, I would have. Oh, was it the guy who killed the guy in the front <laughs> driving? <laughs> it might have been Patrick Stefan. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that him? Yeah, maybe. Uh, we'll see. The, uh, no, Doesn't either. look like it in his article. No, There's that's no good. I don't want to be thing, uh, convinced of libel here. That'd yeah, be exactly. But he ended up having like a hundred and. 455 games played, but like 188 points, so not much of a playmaker. Uh, But even uh, Brian Burke said as much in one of these articles, like the only way we pulled this off was because it was a garbage draft. (laughs) And I looked at it, and there were literally seven players top to bottom whose names you would probably recognize. Wow. Uh, In terms of, like, there were seven that were ever kind of all-star caliber, and the two were the Sedins, obviously. Brian Elliott was drafted that year. Yeah. And then the thing I found was really funny was Radham Verbata and Henrik Zetterberg were drafted two picks apart in the seventh round. Wow. They were, like, there was nobody good in the second or the third or the (laughs) fourth or the sixth round. But, yeah. In any case, uh, they they made all – Whole bunch of machinations to get the two Sedin's into Vancouver, um, and they came there and they struggled early, but they ended their careers with uh, thirteen hundred and four games played and thirteen hundred twenty eight respectively from Daniel and Henrik, uh, both over a thousand points. Um, just both had won an Art Ross Trophy, which I didn't know. Which is no, the trophy for most points. They won them in back to back years, oh, uh, twenty ten and twenty eleven uh and or excuse me is 2011 yeah 2010 2011 um and uh daniel or henrik excuse me i think won the uh hart trophy that same year that he won the ross so okay. uh i was always kind of in my head under the impression that daniel was decidedly better than henrik and i think that was just a bias towards him getting all the goals uh or more of the goals but yeah they're pretty even um I always thought Henrik was the better one. Yeah. that's Because he was more of the center, right? Right, yeah. See, it's, I've heard people I've talked to today that assumed both, so it's kind of interesting. Um, they suck. But, yeah, I, uh, they just had a, a really storied career. They won Olympic gold together in 2006, uh, obviously got to the Stanley Cup finals in 2011, I think, against the Bruins. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we all know what Vancouver did after that fell short. Uh, they won World Championship gold in twenty thirteen. Henrik won a silver medal in the twenty fourteen Olympics, and Daniel was missing uh, because of or sorry, I got him reversed again. Daniel won the silver. Are, you, are we sure they did just do like a little twin magic, Bell twin style? Like, they might uh, have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they might Even have just keep those, those legs out fresh? while the yeah. ref wasn't looking. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, just a without going into too much detail and boring folks, just a really incredible career, and there's a lot of you know any time a a major player retires there's always the hall of fame or not hall of fame sure. question and there's i think there's a little more debate here and i don't want to like accuse the nhl of prejudice although it deserves it wholeheartedly but if these guys were canadians there's like no question there wouldn't be a discussion you yeah. know um i think the fact that they're swedish or anything else you know maybe americans wouldn't be questioned either but anything other than North American players just have that weird, like that weird thing where Alex Ovechkin gets questioned as to whether he's really a good player, you know, that sort of thing. And I just, it's very bizarre to me. Uh, but. Well, uh, they didn't really win anything. Right. As far yeah. As the cup, exactly. Man. They just I don't know, played kind <laughs> of that soft blech, style. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I get, I get some of the criticisms of, uh, the Sedines in terms, but I think if you don't want to give it to them on the playing career alone, I always look at like, if someone is the fate in this case to someone's, uh, is the face of a franchise for like a whole decade, Mm -hmm. you know, with, there has to be some floor on this, but for the most part, I think that's like a Hall of Fame caliber player. I mean, you know? a thousand
1: points should kind of a thousand be, points
0: in uh, a thousand games usually yeah. gets most people in, and I think they deserve it. And I think just I mean the uniqueness of twins that played on the same team yeah. their entire career, it's just kind of like, I, I want to always say that the Hall of Fame should be a numerical thing, although I'm a, a lot more of an expert on the Baseball Hall of Fame than sure. the Hockey Hall of Fame, but it just seems like pretty obviously Hall of Fame careers. And now, the Canucks get $14 million to play with in free agency, and... With their cap space, so that's not good for anybody, probably. But well, you have to want to go there, too. Yeah, exactly. Um, you got to overpay to get a player who wants to go in there and realize you're not going to win a cup. Yeah, they're not going to get a Tavares or somebody with that kind of, you know, with where their team's at right mm-hmm. now. I was listening to the Elliot Friedman podcast earlier today, and he was talking about how um, – he thinks they might throw money at kind of the mid-tier guys to do, like, three- or four-year contracts to just kind of make them watchable until their prospects arrive. Yeah. So they could look at, like, a James Van Riebensteig. He didn't name these people. But sure. the, that level of player, you know, James Neal, if he becomes a free agent. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't think they're going to be players for, like, Tavares or any of the top-level no. guys. No. Uh but who knows? And then, another thing he said, which I think is interesting because it will apply to our Blues discussion later, is he talked about how the Canucks in particular, um, but struggling teams in general with a lot of cap space could kind of emulate the Golden Knights model in terms of going to other GMs and saying, We'll help you with, let's say, your Jake right. Allen problem. Sure. Uh, in terms of that contract, we'll take that off your hands, but you got to. Give us a first round pick, or give us, in that case, you know, a Tage Thompson or whoever mm-hmm. to make it worth our while. And I think that'll be interesting. And I think, honestly, th- there are some players on the Blues that I'd be happy for them to pursue that potential option with. Um, and we'll talk a little trade talk uh, later. Yeah. That's yeah. how I was therapeutic after last night. But
1: <laughs> I think the problem, though, with the Canucks is. You gotta have at least somebody that you'd want on your team from them. Yeah. And they're just a trash pile. Yeah. I mean they've got no I believe they have what, a top ten farm system. Mm-hmm. Well, and but still eh, eh, eh.
0: Yeah, I mean I think if you're looking at that as somewhere to the Vegas situation, you're looking at them giving you a lower pick. Yep and then you giving them a Bergwind and a higher pick, or right, whatever the right. case might be. Getting a you know. second rounder out of them, um, dumping Yeah, whatever. and that's a discussion worth having, I think. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, like yep. you said, but I think that's something that if they want to do it, I think we have to pursue that avenue. Uh, so moving into Blues news a little bit, Scotty Upshaw returned for a couple periods and then left again. Uh, I think it was in the Vegas game that he came back, and uh, he left with a lacerated kidney, which sounds horrible. Oh, it sounds awful. I and mean, it didn't look like that. Yeah, it never—it never, it hit, never really looks that bad. But that yeah. sounds like the worst thing you can do. I think a hundred percent, I'd rather break a bone than yeah. lacerate a kidney. Um, I guess. I mean, I look at that and assume that it's kind of probably the end of his Blues tenure. And maybe his career, just because I, I didn't think they'd necessarily bring him back next year anyway. You're welcome to disagree with me if you think they I might. I was actually going to talk about
1: this in the game notes, but uh, we can talk about it now. I don't think he comes back as the Blues, even though his stats this year are very similar to last year. Mm-hmm. For a four-flight winger, he's perfectly fine. Yeah, But I, I, the Blues have so many third and four-flight wingers. Yeah, Why not? save a three or four hundred thousand dollars and just play one of the kids and develop them and see what you got mm-hmm. rather than play a guy
0: who's thirty five years old. I think his yeah, career there's not- no upside in uh, Scotty Upshaw. but it's I guess so. Uh, yeah. Whereas, you know, um there's not probably a lot of upside with a Dimitri Askin or even like an Adam Musil mm-hmm. or somebody lower, but at least they're young and Maybe hit lightning and a bottle. Yeah, sort of exactly. Thing.
1: I I think there might still. He'll definitely get an NHL tryout. Yeah, like he did with the Canucks. Yeah, if here. he
0: wants to keep going, I mean that's eh. up to him. But I assume yeah. he probably will. Yeah, why not? I mean, still somebody will, somebody level. will give him nine hundred thousand dollars next year. Yeah, and yeah. play
1: four or five minutes. And I would think that at this stage of his career, I don't think he has a cup. So why don't you go play four flying on Penguins or Caps or whoever? Yeah, if you know, anybody will. By, although, I chance. guess last year, the only team that bit were the Canucks, and he had to know that was a dumpster fire when he signed on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he was, I mean, he he's had a long career. He was a sixth overall pick, and I'm really impressed by how he's sort of made himself over into yeah. what he's become, which is a very like reliable defensive yeah, I mean, fourth-line guy.
1: Think- Overall, probably a little disappointing for the Predators when you go six overall. I mean, his mm-hmm. career high, like 22 goals or something like I that. I have it in front of me, so I'll look. Uh, yeah, yeah, about that.
0: So, like, turning into Not even a, that,
1: 19. 19 is a career. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing for number uh, six overall, but became an effective grinder,
0: and he will be part of Blue's lore for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that's the other question I want to ask wanted to ask of you is if this is the end for him with the Blues. He's been here now I think three seasons. This mm-hmm. is his third season, yep. so... What do you look back on his tenure, you know, and and not that he necessarily has a legacy? It's hard to say a, a fourth line player has sure. much of a legacy, but I kind of look back on it with fondness, and I was Absolutely. wondering what you think. Yeah, I
1: think the best fourth line the Blues have had in the last decade were him, Brodziak, and Reeves. Yeah, and they they hit. They were responsible defensively, and they weren't. They could dead put fish in offensive yeah, offensively. They, yeah, they could put in goals. I mean, for God's sakes, this. This fan base was excited about the CPR line, <laughs> and, and Ruiz Upshaw and Brodziak were way better than those guys. So. Adam
0: Cracknell's still bouncing around the league. Yeah. Chris Porter was until a year or two ago. Uh, yeah, I agree with you though. I think he he obviously the the sellies, the goal celebrations, will be remembered. Uh, but I think just generally, I think St. Louis falls in love with hardworking blue collar type yeah. players, and and Scotty Upshaw is that to a you know on to a key. I can't speak tonight, but um, if he was homegrown, he would be a lot. Oh, yeah, remembered. yeah. But even you know, I I definitely remember seeing they've signed Scotty Upshaw to a PTO or whatever three years ago, and thinking, okay, this is meaningless. Yeah. Uh, it's a name I sort of recognize. Situation, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he turned out to be a great addition, great forepointer for Doug Armstrong, which you know, despite his many faults, he's always had a really pretty. Useful fourth line, which is yeah. I don't know if it's a skill, but it's valuable. It's you know,
1: if they brought him back next year, whatever.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. I'm not fighting well, necessarily, yeah. but. I don't think they will, though. They I doubt it. Won. Yeah, I think they probably do. Um, the only other Blues news I have, unless you can think of something, is that they kind of detailed the Scott Trade renovations a little yep. more this week. Uh, they were talking; they're talking about replacing. Well, not talking about. They are going to <laughs> replace uh, the mezzanine level seating. So pretty much the entire upper bowl, uh, all the seating will be replaced this summer, and then I think they do the lower bowl next summer. Uh, they're adding a lot of. Uh, gathering spots. If you go on their website you can see a video with Brett Hall and kind of all the digital renderings of this. It looks like it's gonna be a whole new arena. Yeah, it's gonna be visually awesome. on the inside. Um restaurants like Sugar Fire, High Point, Lion's Choice. Um CEO Chris Zimmerman said it will be significant. The concourse will be redone. We'll continue to bring in new St. Louis food options. This is the summer where you will really say this is a new building now. Um, The team store is going to double in size, and then they're going to add neighborhoods, which sounds like a kind of cool idea on the concourse level, which is probably just like, you know, this is the place where the Italian food is, and this is the place where the beer is. But it still could be interesting if they did it in a not uh, cheesy way. Yeah, and then building a team shop upstairs. Which yeah, cool. yeah, absolutely. I think I'm really looking forward to it. I I think you you just kind of get used to your arena, you know, because mm-hmm. you go to it often enough, and you don't realize, you know, since you're not going to the American Airlines Arena six times a year, you don't necessarily realize where yours lags behind. Uh, but the jump, even from last year to this year, was. Huge with oh, the with the alone. jumbotron yeah. and and the sound system and everything. So, I'm really looking forward to the finished product in two years, and especially seeing what all comes to St. Louis as a result. We've already seen, you know, UFC come here for the first time, and you know, NCAA stuff will SEC continue tournament. to come yeah. here sec tournaments. so it be, be great to get a frozen four here yeah i think they'll fight for that uh you know gary bettman said not if but when an all-star game yeah. comes here hopefully a draft at some point which i'd weirdly be more interested in going to but yeah, probably. Uh, just because i'm a nerd i guess but um yeah i just it's great for the city uh, I'm always happy when the city can get out of its own way on something. So That's a whole different podcast. Yeah, <laughs> very different. That would, that would fit better on yours probably yeah. than this one. But uh, <laughs> we'll go ahead and move on and talk about the games a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a slightly different tact in terms of not until the most recent one going as in-depth on who scored what goal and what the painful progression to failure was. Um because they were all failures, but we're gonna just talk about sort of the the takeaways, sort of maybe the mood of each game. Uh in the first game in Vegas to me is just you getting beat by a really good team. Uh that Are is they good. Well <laughs> that's a good me, it question. Me nuts. <laughs> by a team that wins a lot, at yeah. the very least. Um I think they probably won't go de- very deep into the playoffs. To your point about whether they're actually good, I don't know that they are. They're like a they're like the Miz, mm-hmm. where like they're good. <laughs> they're, they pull off the stops just
1: enough for you to think that they're going to get their uh, huh. and then uh, and the, they just pull it
0: out. The league relies on them, yes, and yes. they uh, they get a, a good spot on the card we, every year. Yeah, <laughs> we've played
1: them three times this year. We've lost two, huh, and both were one goal games. Yeah. And both went to overtime in the games we lost. Mm -hmm. We dominated that first game way back in October. This one, it was more even. Yeah. But like... I guarantee you William Carlson doesn't get more than – that's his name, right? Yeah. That guy's not Wild
0: good. Bill, yeah. Yeah, well, he ain't getting more than 22 goals next year. 41 this year. It's I like, mean, there's something magical going on there. Yeah, so we all said about Brad Boyce 10 years ago and how that turned out. Well, no, you're <laughs> right. You're, I'm not saying that about William Carlson. I'm saying about the team in general. There's mm-hmm. kind of like a – something weirds going on where David Perron's like a 70-point player. God. God. And like I, I was more of a David Perron fan than most people when he was here, but yeah, but till the clock turned to April, right? Exactly, <laughs> and and we'll see what happens now. You know, yeah. we're with him there, but it's definitely an awesome story as to whether they're a good team that beat us. I don't know. The Corsi wasn't in their favor in that game. We had fifty-two percent of the control, as we do most of the time when we yeah. lose. Uh, but we ended up losing four to three. I believe, right? Into 4-3 in overtime. overtime, which was one of those overtimes, you blink and you miss it. Yeah, exactly. 22 seconds, Mercia Show scored pretty uh, pretty Very much right in the pretty slot. Pretty easily goal, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chris Thorburn got his first goal as a blue in this game. That yeah, was the cool. The team was very excited about it. Yeah, which, you know, good for him. I think a great
1: article about him and his son and dealing with that. Yeah, yeah. That came out yeah. this past week.
0: Was that, that wasn't The Athletic, it was, or was it?
1: No, it was just NHL.com.
0: Okay, yeah. yeah. His son has autism and it talked about their, you know, work with that and struggle with that. So that was very good, and you should check it out. Mm-hmm. But I do, I mean, I think overall whether, whether – Vegas is a good team or not? If this hadn't been on the end of a uh, six or whatever game winning streak, if you told me you were going into Vegas and getting a points, I wouldn't have been too upset with that. Totally fine. Um, I guess. Do you have anything more to say I <laughs> about do, that game? I do. Okay,
1: so my, here's my notes from this game. Okay. So number one, first off, I was at my parents' cabin and was shit faced during this game with Wonderful. So that's yeah, that's the best so, way to watch. That's <laughs> yeah, high five and. Cheering, it was sad. (laughs) Takeaway number one, Kyle Brodziak is our fourth best forward. That pretty much is all you need to know about the
0: St. Louis Blues in 2017 and 2018. That's very (laughs) true. He had 17 minutes almost on the ice in this game and a 62% faceoff. Here's here's
1: my question of you, Kyle Brodziak. What do you do with him next year?
0: Uh, I'd want him back. I think we can't afford to let him walk. What would you offer him? That's a good. That's the problem. I feel like he can't like go out there on the market and you know swing his nuts around and mm-hmm. say he deserves three million dollars. But I would think he'd push towards two at least.
1: See, I, would, I My max I've written down is two for three million. Not not per season, but a two million and for one
0: point five. That 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 seems right. That if, feels. If you good. really
1: wanted to split apples, and it's two four, like
0: you were saying. Sure, fine, but I want to give him more than two million. I just
1: that would be kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: I just think his skill set is hard to replace. And you know, it's that thing of what we were just saying about Armstrong always has a good fourth line. You, he's the only guy on the team who can win a face off, right? Yeah, you think you don't need a fourth line until you do need a fourth line, and then you really need one. And the fact that he stepped up into basically being our second line center, yeah how fucking sad it says a lot. Well, I mean it's very sad that's the no no uniforms his that. ass up and down the ice. Yeah, but um and he literally is the best player on that line, but yeah, I don't think you can let him walk unless somebody, you know, says if Toronto comes out and says we have to have Kyle Brodziak for 3 years at 9 million, then yes, fine, so they can I mean, have, have gotta, Kyle go. but um, yeah, I think he's a, a an important target for us. Takeaway number 2 James Schwartz has four goals in the last fifteen games. Is that a problem? I would say so. it's since his return from injury, right? Uh, no. Or is it he, a little longer than that? I guess he's been that. back. He's been back for about twenty, that. twenty-two games. Yeah, I mean, he was red hot pre-injury. And he's hottest player cool. in the league. He looks
1: great when he's on those boards. Just
0: yeah, to jive him, yeah. I mean, he had that one goal. Uh, I can't remember if it was overtime or one of one of the games on the winning streak where he just went end to end and like yeah broke the, were, seven the people's team. angles. It was Shane. Um I can't remember at the time. It'll come to me. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he's he can be an electric player, but I think he like everyone on this team is prone to inconsistency. Um, maybe him more than some other people, yeah. and I think that is a problem. For sure.
1: I think he's going to have a little bit of, maybe not even a lot of pressure on him going into next year. Because, yeah, honestly, he should be our second best forward.
0: Yeah, he should and be. And he... He should be better than Shen.
1: Yeah. And he's really... I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if this
0: is just a guy who's always going to be hurt. And we're going to be saying mm-hmm. 10 years from now, what if him? What could... Yeah. I, I'm worried about that. It does seem he does seem to be one of those guys that you can kind of write down for 65 games played at his ceiling in a season. But hopefully, I mean, I feel, I really believe if he had an 82 game season, he could win the Selkie trophy and get, 60-plus points. Is he that
1: good defensively, though?
0: I I think he's pretty good. Maybe not the Selkie Trophy. There are a lot of good Selkie Trophy candidates. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's...
1: He's not Tarasenko, but, I mean,
0: he's not... Yeah, he may not be, ...steen
1: five years ago. I
0: would expect 60-plus, maybe even 70-ish points out of him in a really good season. Yeah, because he's going to get 60 this year. If he played 82... But you just don't know if he's yeah, gonna stay healthy, stay like and that. some of that is his own fault. I mean, jumping in front of shots and things yeah, and games yeah, where you're up some luck. three nothing against the Red Wings, which is like you, hard to criticize. Because no, on the yeah, one hand, and you're that's like, fluky. yeah, exactly. Like shots is I think that's a good question. Third takeaway. Oh, he's
1: hurt right now, but he might play tomorrow night. Jordan Schmaltz is a restricted free agent next year. He's 25 years old. What are you doing? What are you doing with him?
0: That's a good question. Um, I should have known he was an RFA. I wasn't thinking about it. I, he was the last guy in his class, I believe, to make the NHL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I think if somebody wants him for, I'd say, a, a fourth round or higher pick, maybe a third or higher, I wow. would trade him. Okay. I think, I think he's valuable. I think so, too. He's already taken a lot of time to get here, and there's not a clear path into the lineup for him next season. I don't know he does well. I I haven't seen him long enough <laughs> to know what he does well. He, he's he missed he, he's missed every game he, we've played against his brother against the yeah, Blackhawks. Just yeah. kind of fluky things. They've never played against each other, but yeah, I mean, I think I think he's one of the. I think he's more in the mold of a Barrett Jackman. In the in a as positive a way as you can read that, where he's doesn't do anything really poorly, but he's just not flashy well, he's in any way. Hit people. That's true. So not that way. <laughs> yeah. But I just think I don't. I don't think I know a lot about him, honestly. Even as a pretty intense observer, I couldn't tell you what his strengths are. I'm sure the Blues will offer him something, but if all things stay equal next year, I don't know if he makes the team. Yeah, and I think an interesting thing, you know we will talk about you and I and me and Ian will talk about as the season and off season moves forward is the blues have gone from being a team that was just stacked with defensive prospects uh, and we're lacking it's problem, in though. forward prospects yeah. to the exact opposite, yeah. where we have way too many forwards to crack the lineup and nobody really coming down the pipe defensively. They
1: got Wallman, and I guess Vanelli's starting to play a little bit better. So I maybe, guess he exists,
0: maybe oh, maybe yeah. exists still, yeah. Um, and yeah, Schmaltz and Wallman, and both of them are, you know, NHL ready ish and don't have the playing time. So. Mm-hmm. If you can package those guys to get something, absolutely do it. You know, but I don't know what that looks like. I'm not Doug Armstrong, thankfully. (laughs) Those are my three notes from that game. Good. Those were good questions. Uh, Yeah, I just think taken on its own, this game isn't the end of the world. Um, We fight back and tie it in the third. We let it go to overtime. All the secondary scoring too. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Bergwin and Shen and Thorburn with the goals, but. Yeah, it's just, you know, you lost it. If you had bounced back like you should have and beaten the Coyotes like you should have, you would have been fine. But, naturally, you did not. (laughs) Um, The Coyotes had won some pretty impressive amount of consecutive home games, something like nine or ten. They're kind of hot right now. They are the worst franchise in hockey because they can't even lose... Right, they should have <laughs> just sucked. Like that's all they needed to do was suck the rest of the season, and then have yeah. a good shot at Rasmus Dahling. Now they've cost themselves that probably, or at least hurt their chances significantly. Sure. Uh, and but they're still going to be bad next year, <laughs> you know. See, I don't know about that though. You think they might be? I, I- think they have the
1: chance to be the avalanche of this year. You think so? Yeah, and, and here's why I wrote that down. See, so you go right your so you're going right into my notes. You're like the center we need. Uh, exactly. Right now. I'm
0: just a playmaker. So,
1: so All right, so look, let's look at some of these guys that got playing right now. You got you got Max Domi. He started off terrible this year. He's really recovered Twenty games, well. Last 20 games, he's got 18 points. He's only 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Brendan Perlini. is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Brendan Perlini. yeah. He's got 30 points, 17 goals. If he was a blue with those 17 goals, he would be fourth in scoring. Again, this is why our team sucks right now. <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, we'll get to that point. <laughs> D- Dylan. Dylan Strom. Mm-hmm. You know, has he got finally bloodline he started
1: cracking the lineup, and you know you kind, kind of
0: underwhelming bloodline, but the bloodline
1: nonetheless. The Bloodline still is a bloodline. With,
0: with as hyped as the three Strom brothers have been, none of them has quite delivered. Right, and I would all like looking. Ryan, right. although Ryan, as you've mentioned in the past, it would be a I nice addition great, to but the Blues. Blue. I
1: think the the thing with the Coyotes when I watch them and why they just own us—they're mm-hmm. fast. Yep. This is a slow-ass. This is a slow-ass Blues team, yeah. and you know they whipped our ass three times this year, I believe. So, or did we beat them the first time?
0: We beat them in a shootout the first time, yeah, which is so. actually my takeaway from this game, which yeah. we'll talk about in a minute.
1: That's so that, that was my takeaway: is this Coyotes team? And we talked about—you didn't on Twitter, even too. mention
0: Quayton Keller, who has sixty points and as a outside. I put for killer, we all
1: know him. I didn't
0: put any yeah. fancy stats yeah. behind him. But you know, so, <laughs>
1: yeah. You're right, though. But I when, mean and I tweeted at you and we talked a little bit about, you know, Tockett, I would take him over yo right now. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. That guy's He's it would have been coach. really easy for that to, and I know, you know, you were saying that they can't even screw up losing right. right but no,
0: but you're right. I mean there's a there's a positive read on that for they sure. They remind
1: me right now of the two thousand nine, two thousand ten blues where all of our Promising young forwards were we playing a lot,
0: and mm-hmm. uh, you had some hope for the future. Yeah, they're they're in a good spot. right They do now. have more. I think they have more promise than I give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll need to shore up their back end yep. more. Yep, uh, they need to decide what they're going to do with Ekman Larson. He's got a year left on his deal at five and a half million. Uh, if they can't extend him, they need to trade him this summer, Yep. because they can't let him walk for nothing, and right. they could still get really good value for him. Yep. Um, but if they can extend him, and then you know, possibly draft Ross Mistellan alongside him, that I mean, would be a pretty looking epic. At a
1: wild card team, yeah,
0: absolutely. So you make a good point. Uh, but with that said, it's a team that the Blues should beat in the heat of a playoff race. Well. well- what was you doing pulling Allen that early? I that we do need to talk about that more because that was very bizarre. It was after the second goal with I think he had fourteen shots on, so it wasn't one of those like and none of the goals were really bad, especially by Allen's standards lately. Yeah, yes. neither of them were real howlers. Uh, it was a ba- it was a really bad coaching call. It was one of the. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of Mike Yos lately, but it was one of the first times I looked at something he did and just thought that was totally inexplicable. Yeah, on the Matheny level. Sorry, yep. I had to get my digs in when <laughs> sure. I can. Yeah, but no where you just look at something and you think I'm an observer and I know this is obviously the wrong move. Right. You know what are you thinking? And is you know obviously he started the next game, so it wasn't injury. It wasn't exhaustion. Uh, you put in Carter Hutton, who hadn't played in like a month, and he, stunk. he looked terrible he looked really bad, and that's which, not an indictment on Carter Hutton, so which brings us to necessarily but a little a little i guess we'll obviously talk
1: about it later, but it sounds like Hutton's not playing tomorrow, yeah, is Hutton come back
0: next year? That's a good question i if i'm if I'm putting on the tin foil hat, mm-hmm. which I've done at times this season, I almost wonder if they're Resting him to drive the price down on the free agent market a little bit because I think if he'd had the season he was having pre injury, yeah, he's gone. He's gone to somebody like Carolina, who, you know, is believing, like Carolina did with Scott Darling last year, who yeah. is believing that this hot career backup is now a, a starter that steadies your franchise. Right. Maybe to uh, Arizona, for instance. Yeah. But um, yeah, I wonder. And and it could not be that at all. But it is curious to me that they're not giving him any chances when Allen's struggling. If Hutton
1: plays, if Hutton gives up one goal, maybe two on Saturday night, yeah. I think Hutton would have played last night. Yeah. But he looks so bad and so out of sorts mm-hmm.
0: that I don't think Yo had a choice. He had to ride to Allen. Yeah, I think you're right. So and he looked, he like you said, really probably the worst game he's played all season by a good moment. Oh, yeah. But again, I mean at, similar to you know the flip side of the it was the wrong call argument is as much as Allen didn't need to be pulled, Hutton was not ready to come in right and hadn't played in a month, and there was no good reason to put him in there for it, that moment, yeah,
1: it seemed like a panic move to me I
0: think the explanation Yo gave was just we've got to, the old you know we've got to galvanize the troops line, but this team, the one thing I know about this team is there's nothing artificial that can galvanize it. It either is when it comes out on the ice or it isn't. I yep. don't think there's a, a switch you can flip. And so it meant nothing and we ended up losing six to nothing. Off incredible amounts of meaningless goals from meaningless players. Zach Ronaldo got another just to dagger me in my personal <laughs> heart. Uh, the aforementioned Dylan Strome went from two assists to five assists in this game. Yeah. So the uh, office. Yeah, so yeah, it was ugly. Uh, do you have other takeaways? I think that was the first game
1: in a long time that I turned off. Usually yeah, I'll keep i keep it didn't. on. And, and they was, went down
0: five. I'm like, I'm
1: going to go to bed.
0: Yeah, I was playing MLB the show midway <laughs> through the second period. Um, Smart man. For sure. Uh, the one thing I, I think that. Mm, mm, call it a takeaway from the game or the season however you'd like but this team is going to miss they may not miss the playoffs if they miss the playoffs they are going to do it by less than four total points obviously i yeah. think inevitably at this point and i would just point to the fact that in three games against the Predators, you got two of six possible points, and the two you got were in the shootout, so that wasn't even a tiebreaker game. Mm-hmm. And the last two, which were, you know, this more than the last one, were both kind of in the playoff race part of the year. Sure. You lost a combined 11-2 to to the yeah. theoretically worst team in the league. On a Saturday night too at home. Yeah. And,
1: and you, you were down 5-0.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can, yeah, the two were, a, were can... a sympathy game, or a sympathy goal. I think Ian may have been at that one too. Somehow he didn't leave. Yeah.
1: I uh, just But I was I was in the concourse all second and third period yeah, straight exactly. in and socializing.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It'll be a lot easier to do that next year. So yeah, hey. apparently, yeah. Uh yeah. So I mean, point no further than that. There's a lot more to point to, but I mean that's something you can look at as like there are two games that if you win either one of those we're confidently in a playoff position right now and just need one more win. Yeah. And you couldn't do it, and you couldn't come close to doing it. It's not like you got outfoxed by a a scrappy team; you just didn't show up from the get and got run off the ice. Yeah, destroyed. And I believe the last one was when all the booing started, and there was all the controversy about that, wasn't it? Yes, there was. And that was when Tarasenko told us he knew hockey better than us, and
1: didn't handle it the best
0: way. Yeah, (laughs) I sometimes I forget that. He's you know twenty seven and I did that much, but yeah, yeah, it's he's no fire. Tommy fan. That's true. We can. <laughs> there's another whole podcast as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the so the boys went from there to home to play the Washington Capitals, who are
1: or was my three year calls on the Cadillacs. Yes,
0: which I love. <laughs> uh, who are I want to say arguably the best team in the league. They're really not this year, but they're one of the better teams in the league. Yeah. Um, Obviously have the game's most prolific active scorer. Um, very good goaltender. And my temptation... Wait, which goaltender, now? Well, that's true. <laughs> Holtby typically is very good and was very good at points during this game. Uh, although, uh, what's his name? Is it Branson? No, that's the wrong guy. Uh, it's something Frank. Something similar. Grubauer, 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 Uh has been very good Sounds down like the a piece of cheese. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I think that's been wise for them to give their their main guy a rest. Well, it just goes to show you in this day and age in the NHL, you need a one and a one A. Yeah, him. you really do to compete. Much, much like the Penguins did last year when they rode Mark Andre Fleury for yep. as long as he would go into the playoffs, and then as soon as he started to falter, they just flipped to Matt Murray and rode him the rest of the way. Yep. Um, But yeah, so the Blues were up one nothing in this game off the Tarasenko goal, and then good
1: feelings, good times. Yep,
0: it was a beautiful goal. Uh, Carried it through the first, through the rest of the first period. Um, Going into the second, you're thinking, "Hey, the Blues are in control. This is great." Uh, There was a a post. The Caps hit a post or two at some point, and. Uh, there may have been a fight in the first period that I'm forgetting, but you're feeling great going into intermission and you're thinking, at this point, you know, hey, maybe it's maybe it's good times for the blues. And then the whole game pretty much collapses in about a ten minute period at the start of the first. I
1: wrote down Vince Dunn and Colton Pareko are the worst duet I've ever seen since Maverick and Sundown from Top Gun. <laughs>
0: Not pulling it was your a
1: fucking disaster at all, but literally. yeah, <laughs> underlying fucking and disaster. <laughs> and I mean, I like Vince Dunn, and I'm not gonna take her away from a great season he's had as a rookie. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, yeah, our Lord and Savior. No, <laughs> that was it, was it. Was awful. They both guys were way out of position on almost all every one of those goals by the Caps. Allen, to his credit, yeah, you would have liked to see at least one of them, mm-hmm. one of those being stopped. You know, keep us in the game. But I'm not gonna fault him. Yeah, that's. That's some of it's on the players, and and Pareko, we've talked, you guys have talked about, it, and I've talked about it on Twitter, has regressed, in some ways this year, especially defensively. The, but that was that's
0: almost coaching. The golden boy, untouchable, that is. If you Colton get really Pareko, pissed
1: off if you take shots. I heard
0: him. on the radio today, uh, Kevin Wheeler show on one hundred yeah. on and one ESPN's. His producer asked him, "Are we going to regret that Colton Pareko contract at some point?" And Kevin Wheeler who. Doesn't really know hockey, yeah. So I shouldn't quote him. Sure, sure. Very off the cuff was like, "No, he'll be fine," and I'm just like, "That's always the response." And I don't know how people are that confident at this point.
1: I don't think you can. I mean, I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. With I don't I'm think, think so
0: either. But I think if I was Doug Armstrong, all I'm saying about Colton Perico is if I was Doug Armstrong and somebody offered you. Colton Pareka's stealing and value for him, I might pull the trigger on you that. You may see that later coming. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that was a good teaser. Again, dishing the sweet saucer <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. later in the show. But yeah, yeah, they look terrible together. Oh. and there's, you know, it's possible they're better on their own than they are together. They might just not have good chemistry. But well, I mean, obviously, Vince Dunn has been one of you, the very few bright spots. This is <laughs> this Mike. Whole Gil, this is
1: Mike. Go again, though. Mm-hmm. Why? Last year, a pretty successful pairing was Edmondson and Pareco. Mm-hmm. Why do you consistently put Edmondson with Petro? Yes, they are good together. But Petro has shown this year, now he has not shown that in the past, mm-hmm. but he has shown this year he can carry a younger guy or a less experienced guy. Yeah. And he was, obviously, Yo knows that too because he was pairing with Gunnarsson there for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and those two were great. I, Don and Petro would be fine together. and Perego would be fine together. You're putting a little bit of pressure on Bortuzzo with either, uh, Chris Butler, or we we'll get to him but, too. But, but but Bortuzzo has had a good season Bortuzzo's as well. Bortuzzo's been and fine you, all and year, and you can trust him to carry a guy you would hope for 12 to 15 minutes a game in that third pairing role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was my takeaway. My other takeaway from this game was just a just a moment of solidarity here. You know what? I don't know if there's anybody listening from Capital Nation. Probably not. <laughs> but hey, Caps fans, here in Blues Nation, we feel you. Yeah. Where you... Now, it's something How that I you get, feel a, a kinship with there's him definitely him a kinship. more than anyone? There's definitely a kinship. See, the Bluesers don't understand that the Bluesers, as bad as they have it, have not had it as bad as some other franchises. Yeah. That Capitals team has had the top 10 or 15 player of all time on their team for a decade who gets a bad rap, like you alluded to earlier, disappearing during the playoffs. The mm-hmm. guy's got almost a point-per-game average in his playoff career. They've won seven division titles, three President's Trophies, exactly have no conference titles to show for it.
0: Our- As the great Dave Loza said on Twitter uh, of the... Puxy podcast in jest he said uh, when alex ovechkin scored his 600th goal he yeah. tweeted alex ovechkin has 600 career goals but jonathan taiz only has one which is stanley Cup.' Yeah, <laughs> that was good
1: i mean at least the blues beat the hawks in 16 yeah and got to the conference yeah. finals ovechkin's never beat the penguins i mean and I, re- I those
0: fans have gotten their hearts ripped out so many times yeah and I honestly believe it's as simple as if there was no Sidney Crosby, then the Capitals would have won yeah. <laughs> three Stanley Cups in the past. Hey, you know what? That uh, you, know. you know They got Oshie there, and that
1: trade, I think, may have worked out in the Caps' favor. But, you know, I'll t- I'll do that trade again tomorrow because Brower was great for that one year. He's exactly yep. what the Blues needed. And 100%. that was one person, at least Armstrong, to give a contract extension to. Yeah. Although he would have. <laughs> Probably. I've brought house fit? So should we talk about what happened last night now?
0: I guess we have to at some point. Um <laughs> I don't really want to, but uh yeah, I mean we might as well. And and you know, the the Washington game is as simple as that 10-minute period where you just collapse yeah. and and it's over. And Hope be played Bergwin right. Bergwin scored game. a goal. Bergwin I don't I'm he- hesitant to praise him, but he's looked Dramatically better the last month or so. He's Patrick which is Ber- not saying anything really, you know. But. Patrick Berglund, he pisses me off. I def- I'm
1: on the Patrick, def- Patrick Berglund Patrick defending bandwagon a lot. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's not the he, he's an issue, and they probably need to get rid of him before that contract ends.
0: So he got he's not a top three issue on this team right now. No, I wouldn't. I agree with that. Uh, especially with the issues we're about to talk about, but um, yeah, he scored late in the third, late in the second, but it was not enough. Uh, so yeah, I guess let's let's move on to the butchery that was last night, and we can talk about it a little more in depth. Robert Vortez scored a goal, which was nice, and that was after the you uh, should... disallowed. Oh situation, yeah, yeah yeah yeah.
1: If you're a Blues fan, and you got upset by that. You you must be new. You're blind. Yeah. <laughs> First off, I don't even know if it was a goal. It, I've it, seen that go. 50-50. It was not
0: as egregious to me as the one that the, got called back against the Blackhawks a couple weeks ago. Yeah,
1: I agree with you on that. So,
0: one. and Schwartz has got to bury that. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the things that I'm going to say towards the end of this too is I, you know, a lot of the story of this game is people piling on out Jake Allen, and that that's a fair right story. So, but. I think the story with Allen this year, this game, and this year as a whole is the team could always have just won a lot of these games. (laughs) You know, Allen let in four goals. Not a one of them was great. You know, right? But the team didn't find a fourth goal. You Mm -hmm. know, and and we'll talk about that. There was the there was the uh, Schwartz goal that you just pointed to. There's a Barbashev goal. Yep. Barbashev goal later that was robbed. Uh, So yeah. Uh, it, there's both sides of the argument. So, but Bortuzzo scored right after the goal was disallowed and that was, you know, you would hope a breath of fresh air. Uh I And they were buzzing in that first period a little. They bit. really were. Yeah. And I would I would say any time Robert Bortuzzo scores a goal for you, that's a game you have to win. I believe they were 3-0 going yeah. into uh, Yeah, exactly. Um but uh Andreas Martinson scored his first Career goal. About five minutes later, I'm going to read a lot of the quotes from Jr's article because he describes these goals pretty well. Um, he says the Blues had a 1-0 lead on Robert Bortuzzo's fourth goal of the season when Martinson tied the score with 11:03 remaining. Uh, in the first period, Shin couldn't chase down Martinson, and Dimitri Yaskin couldn't get his stick in the way of the shot, which trickled between the goalie's legs. And then he said, Asked what happened on the goal, Allen mumbled, It just went in. So I feel
1: like Yaskin has been
0: pretty good this
1: year mm-hmm. for what he is. It, yeah. yeah. Dimitri Yaskin never... is a bottom six forward that if you should be able to get 20 to 25 points out. Mm. He's pretty defensively responsible. I feel like this year he's brought a little bit more of an edge to his game, mm-hmm. but let's not uh, sugarcoat it. He was flat out fucking terrible in this game.
0: Yep, he was yep. terrible.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, the, the Yaskin haters. Can't, I hadn't seen the Yaskin haters probably since Christmas time. I don't understand,
0: and, like, because Bluesers are idiots. Yeah, that's, that's the it comes thing. Out. Like how you look at this team and think, ever thought Dmitri Askins the problem? Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's never going to be, despite what Ken Hitchcock once yeah, said, I'm at you, Vladdy Marian Stick, Hossa. on Twitter, yep, but, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I like you, Vladdy, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, exactly. It's just it's weird. But he was terrible in this game. He was awful. He, was awful. he looked bad on this goal. Uh, this goal, maybe more so than any of the other ones, actually did have some nice passing and setup by the Blackhawks. But then when it came to the puck on Martinson's stick, there were two guys that should have made a play. Neither yeah. of them did. I'm not going to lie to you. I was cleaning a dirty diaper during this schools. So. Hey, there you go. Uh, well, <laughs> the rest of us felt would have preferred to be doing <laughs> yes. that. Um, right. And yeah, I mean, Alan just let it trickle between the pads, and there's no excuse. The number of times Alan lets something go in a hole that seems to be or should be closed is shocking, and we'll get to more of those later in this game. Mr. Uh, Shortside, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Braden Shin... Gave us the lead early in the second period. It was a nice rip. Yeah, it was very nice. And uh, Tarasenko followed that up five minutes later with another nice shot. And you're thinking, hey, you're thinking Blizzard they're doing what they have, have to do. And you're well, thinking they got fired up in the last game against Chicago and came from behind against yeah. the Blackhawks and the officials. I yeah. And again, I mean, much like the much like the Capitals game, you're feeling, you're riding high, and you're feeling great, and then it all comes tumbling down. Uh, and that was right after that Tarasenko goal was when Barbashev got robbed by uh, it was Braden Holpe in this game, I believe, or not Braden Holpe, because this isn't F. the Ruby. Capitals. JF Verube, yeah, uh, J. Ruby, yeah. Um, yeah. But Barbashev got robbed. Shen said we weren't just able to get that fourth goal to really put the game out of reach, which I had a question pop up to me today. Uh, because I've I've been reading these articles all season long And does it seem to you like The balance of who is talking post-game Has shifted dramatically towards Braden Shen I feel like at the start of the season It was a lot of Petrangelo and Steen
1: Last month, for sure And
0: the last month or so, yeah, especially It has been a lot of Shen And a lot less of other people
1: I didn't think about it until you said it, but now that you say it, yeah, yeah I'd agree I agree. I hadn't
0: really thought about it until today either, but it is interesting, especially given you know we've heard a lot about it. he's a kind of a, a unofficial leader in the clubhouse and yeah, he seems to be on the ice, but which is you know what you would hope your first line center would be.
1: Here's, <laughs> I mean, we go into it real quick. I mean, there's a decision to be made about him not next year because he's got one more year on his deal, but. Uh-huh. What does the future have for Braden Shen? I mean, I could see him getting a nice extension. I
0: could. I'd be Anyone interested. It would fucking
1: blow up in our face, I'm sure, but...
0: Yeah, and that's a, that's another thing. If I'm Doug Armstrong going into this offseason, make or miss the playoffs, doesn't matter. We're yeah. getting slaughtered if we make it anyway. So if if I'm him, there's no option to me that's off the table. So if somebody, you know, yeah. if, if you... You know, and I love Braden Shin. This isn't a slap at him, but if you, if somebody comes to you and gives you out of this world value for one year where Braden Shin outperformed anything in his career to that point, I'd take it, you know? (laughs) I mean, depending on what the deal is. But what would you expect to get, though? That's the thing. I mean, I'm just talking in hyperbole and hypotheticals, but like, I mean, if somebody's going to give you. You know, a high first-round pick or something, and a good roster player, something crazy like that. I'd do it. If they're not, you know, you can't be as good as you are next year without Braden Shen as the problem. But, I never thought about that. As, as most of the deals that I have later are more buying deals and selling deals. Uh, I'm just. All I'm saying is, I'm not taking any option. Off the table with
1: this. You would have to get, in my opinion, if you were going to trade Brandon Shen, you would have to get at minimum a first round pick, a NHL ready center that you projected to be top six,
0: and then you would need another throw in.
1: Like I would, and that's it's probably too high of a price.
0: I would do it though. Like I mean, if you know, let's say the the Coyotes won a reunion with. The Shin brothers, which I'm sure they're going to make moves to please Luke Shin. That seems like the right direction for that. But in theory, if they gave their lottery pick... And Max Domi, maybe? Uh, Is that a little too low? Yeah, No, you do it. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't think that happens. I'm pretty confident Braden Shin is here next year.
1: Nobody's untouchable on this team.
0: Yeah, as good as Shin has been this year, I would put him close to the untouchables, but... Which is weird, actually. As do you an feel aside, like, I mean, now we're getting off the train a little bit. That's fine. Are the Blues this closer is the to two a, guys no cup podcast. The Blues closer
1: to a cup or closer to a lottery pick? And by lottery pick, I mean finishing bottom five in the standings.
0: I think they are closer. Nah, that's really hard. That's a really good question. I, I don't think there's wrong answer. Cup is hard. I, you know, I mean, not playoff contingent, but like a deep run, I think they're closer to. But I think they may be closer to a lottery pick than a cup. Because I don't think, I think, as I've said before, you know, I think the soup is messed up with this team. I, like the, I love that analogy. Yeah, and and I just feel like, you can't like you can't just fix that. Like it's you know, the analogy I've said in the past for those who don't know it is like if you make a soup and you get to the end of making it and it's just bad soup, you can't like take out the paprika at that point. You just have to make a new soup, you know? Yeah. And and so in the sense that I don't think this team is like let's add John Tavares and where all systems go. Even as great as John Tavares is, you know, I think there's a lot of problems in the clubhouse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine adding John Tavares. Sure. Don't don't miss that, you know. But I just think there's other things we need to address. The goaltender is a huge issue. Yeah, no, it is. So I think the possibility of a collapse right now is cl- more realistic than the possibility of a of a playoff run. But I think we could do that. We could do the playoff the run with is, the right mixture of I stuff.
1: I see what you're saying, and in my heart of hearts, I think that this core group of whoever that is right now is not the one who's going to bring a prey down the market.
0: Mm -hmm. That being said, that core group of guys, they're all 27, 28. Yeah. They should be. I mean, they should be good enough to do that. That's what's frustrating. Yeah. you just—you got to figure out what it is. If there's a locker room cancer, get him out of there. If there's two locker room cancers, get him out of there. If that locker room cancer is Vladimir Tarasenko, get him out of there. Like... I don't, you know, uh, I'm just saying that's my point about nothing's off the table. Yeah, no, is uh, Doug Armstrong, I hope, knows this team better than I do from the rumors and speculation I hear on the internet and the radio. So I hope he can figure out what's actually wrong with the team and address it. I think he will. I, I have more faith in him than I think most people do. I Yeah, I think you would be on the same wavelength like, with him. That head turn last night told me a lot, and we'll talk oh. about it in a minute. But I, Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Let's, let's get through the game, and then we can talk about that. One one more interesting aside as I was talking about it, kind of to your earlier point, was somebody asked uh, Jeremy Rutherford in his mailbag who the untouchables were on this team, or like, yeah. you know, group the untouchables, and then the like would not, would yeah. barely move sort of thing. And the only untouchable, was, who would you guess it was? Robert Thomas. No, I don't think, I think it was roster players, so that's a good... Well, the only Good roster guess. player? Yeah.
1: Petrangelo.
0: It was not. It was actually Jaden Schwartz was the person he listed, which I'm not sure I agree with. Uh, but it was interesting at the time. You would ask asked me at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Maybe. Or, yeah. or if you would have asked me in November. Before the Detroit no, game. Petrangelo no, Petro- isn't probably getting enough credit. He's incredible. And we we teared his horn plenty on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he needs more. Uh, where were we? Tarasenko had just scored, right? Barbara Shev got robbed. We get to talk about the first career goal, and Blake Hillman's, I'm sure, will be illustrious NHL career. I'll never remember that name after tonight. You will never hear it again. <laughs> a shorthanded goal, nonetheless. Uh, what happened here was Colton Pareko took a insanely hard slap shot that missed the net by as many miles per hour as it was traveling and um, rang around the boards and exited the zone on Blake Hillman's stick. And he just skated down. Well, I don't think it was him that skated down. I think somebody else had it. Nick Schmaltz apparently, according to my notes, got the only assist, and he skated down and hit Hillman. And uh, as JR said, uh, it ended with a 43-foot slap shot by Hillman zipping past Allen for a 3-2 score with 9.48 left in the second period. There were three seconds left in the man advantage, so it was officially the ninth shorthanded goal against the Blues this season. God, it's bad. The Blues have scored... Here's another fun game. How many power play goals would you guess the Blues have scored this year? I heard this this morning. So we're 80 games in now. I'm going to
1: say the Blues have
0: scored...
1: Twenty-four power play goals this year.
0: Okay, so both you and Ian, who I asked by text message, went even lower than <laughs> is reasonable, but understandably so. The answer is thirty-seven, which sounds maybe better than you would think. Until I tell you that that's less than any Blues team has ever scored in a full regular season, and that the la- I think it was the last, or maybe it was the year time before that, one of the two lockout shortened seasons recently they had 36 and like a 42 game uh, season so it's pretty pathetic it's yeah and and the fact that on top of that we've allowed nine shorthanded goals which is you know about 25% <laughs> as, as as many, I would say not great yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so um uh, allen was asked if he was screened by pareco or chicago's david camp which I always think mind comp when I read that name. Oh, uh, Alan replied, "I don't know. I don't even know where it went in." Which to me, I sure as shit hope you were screened. Then, if you don't know where the bug went yeah. into the net, I this reading this article was hard. Because it felt like Jake Allen was a broken man, just oh, reading he the quote. And understandably, but it's just, ugh, oh, it was ugly. Uh, Alex DeBrincat scored because he always has to score against the Blues. Because even when Chicago is terrible, they have to have some. Nobody rookie who's scoring 30 20, goals this goal. season. Yeah. I uh, it was his twenty. So glad we took Tage Thompson ahead of him. Great, uh, wonderful. great stuff. Tage Thompson turned the puck over in our <laughs> offensive zone. Now you see me
1: uh, on Twitter to talk about Tage Thompson, right? Yeah,
0: a little bit. But would you like to elaborate since you had the mic? He The hot mic? <laughs>
1: hot mic of a hot take. I don't see it with him. I don't he, either. He's gotten a little better the last two or three games. Uh-huh. But all in all if this is your first guy of this Fab Four prospect class... It better you, go up. You better here. be selling him like a fucking used car this offseason yeah. because I don't see it with him. I, I yeah. feel like he's out of position a lot. To me, all he is is a skinny dude with a nice little snapshot that he can't ever get on net.
0: He has really nice hands for as big as he is. Uh huh. But he needs to be... A physical player at that size. Well, you yeah, had like that kind of partial player. break last
1: night. You got kind of pushed off by a guy about four inches smaller. Yeah,
0: though. yeah. There was a game a couple um, a couple months ago. It may have been the uh, other Arizona game because yeah. I remember writing in the notes six foot six. No, that might have been Colton Pareko. I think I said six foot five. Yeah. Colton Pareko got pushed off by it's five. It's Like watching 10, Peter Crouch and skates in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty awful, <laughs> but. Um, that was a deep cut reference for our North American <laughs> hockey listeners, right, but hey, right. uh, yeah, it was it was bad. He gave it up in the offensive zone. Uh, DeBrinkat skated in and beat Allen for what I think was the worst of Allen's goals, yep.
1: and he felt it too. I mean. Yeah,
0: multiple times this season. I don't know. I I have mentioned this sparingly on the podcast because it's not actually anything. But I played goalie for a street hockey team for a couple of summers. And I was not great, but the one place that a puck should never go in is between your arms and your body. <laughs> that should be pretty safe all the time, and that happens to Alan a lot. Yes, it does. Uh, and I don't know how. I don't. I don't understand that. Um, this is Alan's worst mistake, said me. I think I thought I was quoting well, James. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's just. It was the of these goals, and I'm, I'm always tempted to be a goalie/slash Allen apologist.
1: I am too. But I mean, I, I have his jersey. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be the guy mm-hmm. four years ago. I mean, ever since that one highlight, we, uh, real save against the Flames, uh-huh. where he hit it on this paddle and it bounced it to himself and caught it. I'm yeah. like, this is the guy. And this is the guy who's going to win me, if not a cup. At least get me to the finals,
0: uh, and that's what's maddening about Allen, even to this day. Is I mean, even as recently as last year in the playoffs, and more recently that six-run winning streak we went on. When he's hot, he's so good. He yeah. really can be. You just can't bear with the incons- inconsistency yep. if you're going to be a competitive team. Um, so that one went in inexcusable. Uh, not as inexcusable as the Chris Butler holding call oh, that Lord led is. to the final call, co- uh, final goal. I don't know. Serious question. Yeah? If Nate Prosser never gets waived, <laughs>
1: we're probably better off. Is his team in the playoffs? Probably.
0: I mean, yeah, probably right now.
1: Because he's played, what, 20, 25 games for He's played Minnesota? fine
0: for them. He's, he's exactly what we thought he was. I don't know. So Bomeister was coming back, right, and yes. and Steen was around the same time, and that's yep. why we had to waive him. Why did we sign him then? I uh, maybe Dunn. I guess Dunn cracked the roster, Dunn and they didn't the expect that. And
1: then they didn't expect that he would earn it, which he did.
0: Yeah, which he did and He's been. I mean, I would rather have Vince Dunn, I guess, than Nate Prosser. Oh yeah, but I would certainly rather have Nate Prosser than Chris Bowler. and. And that's the thing. I'm. I'm surprised. I re- I was thinking at the deadline that like a Luke Shen trade might not be that bad. I'm surprised they didn't just add like a sixth or fifth or seventh defenseman. Yeah. Especially because I think at ever. the time, Bo Meester was already injured. He was. And somebody else was hurt. Edmondson was hurt around that time. I and think so. Yeah. Now Gunnarson's out for the season. And yeah. It was surprising to me. I know we sold anyway, but you could get a Luke Shen or, you know, that's just a fun name in terms of a half of sure. Braden, but a whoever for, like you said, a fourth or fifth oh. to cost you nothing. But we didn't. And no, we didn't. Chris Butler held, I think, Duncan Keith or Brent Seabrook, one or the other. It was pretty obvious. I mean, <sighs> yeah. it's a
1: tough call. Maybe the ref—
0: it was the other old guy. I didn't was have a problem with it. Patrick Sharp. Late in regulation, a puck popped off the boards in the neutral zone. And when the blues Chris Butler whiffed at it, Patrick Sharp positioned himself in a way that forced Chris Butler to grab a hold of him. It didn't really force him to. Yeah. Uh, it was a two-minute minor, the power play for the final two minutes of the game. Yo said when asked why Chris Butler was out there, uh, said Butts had a good game, so I think it's easy to point that out. There were other guys I thought that actually struggled more than him. I thought he played a poised, composed game. And J.R. pointed out that Colton Pareko is like a minus six in the last three games and had played like under 20 minutes in those games. So it might have been him, but I still would rather have Colton Pareko bad than, than Chris Butler to to on the ice. Colton than your ninth best defense going into the year. You can't like – that. this is one of my problems with Yo – which are mounting we'll talk about him a little bit in a minute but you can't make the i'm gonna reward such and such a player for a good game decisions when you're fighting for your playoff live nope. like the time for that is over you just have to have your best guys on the yep. ice and pray you know yes yeah. and he's not doing it and it cost us this penalty uh which meant the blank Blackhawks' 28th-ranked power play, which is still better than the Blues, uh, converted, and Duncan Keith scored his first goal in 22 games.
1: Of course it was Duncan Keith.
0: Yeah. Jake Allen says, I should have stopped that one. I should have stopped it. I let the boys down, which is actually, I, I saw this as a pretty bad screen and thought maybe he couldn't see it, but if he's saying he should have stopped it, I'll take it his word for so... it and not mine, but...
1: It was the goal I had the least problem with all night.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Um, I've seen some people point to it as the worst. I think that's just the bitterness of it being the last.
1: Yeah, and that third goal you called out was the worst by far.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, the one... Bright spot out of this, which is kind of a sort of Schadenfreude. I just rejoice in suffering <laughs> situation. Yeah, they showed a clip, as I'm sure everyone listening knows, of Doug Armstrong after that goal. Oh, just, just
1: looking so very disgusting.
0: rolling his eyes very visibly and standing up and turning yeah, around. Yeah, that, that looks to me like a guy who's going to make a move yeah the offseason Yeah, uh, so that's my hope. That's the one bright spot. Uh, Mike Yo said, this for me is not about one player right now, talking about Allen specifically. For me, it's about how we played the third period. It wasn't good enough to win the hockey game. Obviously, your goalie is always, he's the end result, right? If the puck goes in, that... It's garbled English. But I think that we are a team lost. We as a team lost this game. We as a team were not good enough. So definitely we're not going to single out one player right now. If there's anything that I have confidence in, it's that Jake is going to bounce back and have a real good game in Chicago. Which I think everybody on Twitter went, whoa. Yeah, by which he admitted that he'd be starting Jake in Chicago. What do you think about that? I mean, how can you justify that? Well, I think it's as like we, compared with the how can you justify the pulling him in Arizona? Well, I think there's know. a couple of things here. One, the fact that Hutton looks so
1: bad in that Arizona game. Uh-huh. Here, I, you, you, Jake's your ride or die, I think. Yeah, yeah. But right before, I don't know if we brought this up. I don't think we have. Right before we went on air, No, we did not. Ville Huso, I love saying that name. I um, was called up and not under emergency uh, conditions. considerations. Conditions. Yeah. Thank you. So,
0: do they dare? I'm kind of in a in an effort mode at this point, yeah. so I would I would screw it, do it. I don't care. I don't like. I can't look at what Jake Allen did in this game and be like, your chances are definitely worse with Billy Huso, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh Maybe he's lights the fire of the guys. As I said, I don't think you can artificially light these this team's fire. Uh huh. But maybe you know yeah. <laughs> I I I don't know. Like you said, I think Allen's your ride or die. That's a great metaphor to use. If You're not riding Carter Hutton at this point. No, I think I,
1: you've seen the last of Carter Hutton. Uh, I think it's honestly, certainly I think it's this year, but yeah. probably as a
0: blue, I would guess.
1: Um, I, I honest, I would love it as a fan. I, if I was Doug Armstrong, I think you would go Allen.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that's
1: because the, here's the thing of Allen, and, and we can. March right into this Unless you had something else Because no, I see work. in your notes You have Jake Allen next Just to talk about him Jake Allen or Do you want to talk you, you have more about the game to talk uh, about. The only thing It's your show the the only, I'm
0: No you're fine You're fine The <laughs> only thing I was looking it over The only thing we'll mention At some point Is the Braden Shin Nervousness comments
1: Yeah let's talk about that You want to do that Jake. first yeah.
0: um, How would you feel about that <sighs> I, uh, Pointing to the idea Of him talking Doing the lion's yeah, share Of the yeah, talking Yeah uh, he says, you want to win so bad, obviously, and come away with two points. You start overthinking things, and you stop moving your feet, and that's what we did there for a little bit, and it just got away from us. And at some point, he did use the word, we, we were too nervous in the third period right, to win. Right. I, it's inexcusable to me. Like, and, and I know he's just a guy talking. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that's actually like what happened necessarily, but like, you're playing a garbage team at home, in a winner-go-home kind of situation. Not really, but sure. like a, a back-to-the-wall-you-have-to-get-points-here kind of situation. Yeah. How can you be, like, I understand being nervous in the sense that, like, of course you want to be, like, high-strung in those moments. But, like, to actually say, well, we were too nervous to beat a garbage team in the NHL, I don't understand. And then you're never going to succeed in the playoffs. So, you so know?
1: I, I, makes sense. I appreciate the candor. That's true. I, I, I do. I, I, it's much better. It's so much better than we Pedro, need to look in the mirror
0: yeah, sort of You know,
1: there's another game tomorrow, and you know, we just got for our best foot forward crap. So yeah. I, I appreciate that. I'd much rather than be honest with uh-huh. me, not fucking jerk my chain. Yeah. But on the other hand, more than what you were saying, this is a team, now, not Brandon Shett specifically, but this is a team that's been in the playoffs six years mm-hmm. of most of that roster on, that, on those teams. There's no fucking reason. They went to you a Western be, Conference Final two yeah, years, two years ago. ago. Big games. They that beat, they've won. They, they went to the sim, or the second round last year. Yeah. They beat the Dallas Stars on the road in a game seven. There, they no, murdered the Dallas they, Stars yes. on the
0: road in the game there's, seven.
1: I don't understand why you play tight there. I mean, it, it's just, it makes no sense. If that's what it is, it's like you said, it's part of the soup thing. Why are you getting nervous? You shouldn't be your your team. You're you're at home. Yeah, yeah. And the Hawks, you had them. You had a beat. You're up three to one. I mean, I, which for God's f- sakes, Kane looked like he could give two fucks out there. Yeah, he was a non-factor.
0: Seabrook was a non. Their stars which were is non-factors. weird because coming into the game, the storyline was oh Patrick yeah. Kane said he wanted to. Oh, upset he he, us he, 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 he it, doesn't he doesn't give a no, crap two ever, um, but. Yeah, I mean, my my question I would ask out of that, not to be the shit disturber, but does a Ken Hitchcock team lose this game? No. I don't think they do either. I think the same players under Ken Hitchcock, they may hate that they won it. Yeah. They may hate themselves for playing for him, but I don't think they lose this game. And I I just... This team needs John Tonerola. Yo, that would be, <laughs> as a, sad as that is. As Ian's has said in the past, that at the very least, it would be entertaining. Oh my <laughs> if God. not an improvement, it would at least be a wild ride. Uh, so, yeah, so let's talk about Alan and Yo and kind of what we think about uh, their future with the team, I guess. I don't know well, what I the think, best way to phrase it is. but I, I think both are back next year. You and, think so? Well, I don't want to believe that. You're probably right, though. Although, Alan. Spoiler alert, part of my Here's why.
1: I'm a big proponent of, whenever I hear the Armstrong talk on Twitter, mm-hmm. I'm looking at you, Art Lippo, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Uh, who's better? We're just who's stirring be- the shit right and now, baby. Who, who out there is better? Yeah, I mean. Doug Armstrong is the GM of Team Canada. Mm-hmm. They don't just give that to some turd. Yeah. It doesn't mean that Armstrong doesn't have his faults. He does. His contract extensions contract are Contract extensions
0: are the big one.
1: Look at, I think the Blues are nation, and, and even worse, the best fans of hockey are even worse than the best fans of baseball when it comes to knowing what's going on with other teams. Mm-hmm. And the Blues really don't have, compared to some other teams, that bad of contracts.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, for God's sake. Everybody at, has a Patrick Bergwind on their team. Yeah. And Patrick Bergwind's really knocked that right over prayer. Yeah. Jake, I mean, he's frustrating, but... Jake Allen... And his contract pales in comparison to what the Stars put up with with like for like five years oh, with Kari Latina exactly. and Anthony Emi. But that being said. Both of them having simultaneously worse contracts than Allen yeah. and being on the same team. Yeah, and worse than
1: Allen. I, I, oh, it's definitely going to next year of Allen over those two. Yeah, 100%. But you're going to year two of a four-year deal of Allen at $4 million a year. I think you have to give him one more year, unless you got something really. Just looking at the roster right now, you can't trust Carter Hutton to be the one A. You got Bingington and Huso, who are probably both ready, maybe to be one Bs. But for whatever reason, this franchise has never been very, and I'm I'm guilty of it too. Infatuated with Jordan Bingington, even though he puts up consistently top five, top seven numbers. In, in the, the AHL, AHL every year yeah. and I think it's, some of it is it's seeing Bingington come up to the NHL both times he's come up and played he's looked
0: it's probably lost. the name I think Jordan Bingington that's just horrible that, to that, say that guy's <laughs>
1: <Yeah, a great laughs> exactly um, as far as Yo goes I think that one you could find maybe somebody a little bit better yeah. because Yo's record in the wild you know the, the the book on him according to Russo you know who I think is a great follow if you don't yeah. follow him on Twitter I Michael think he's Russo, the best yeah, the yeah, Michael the Russo for the reporter. wild I think he's the best hockey writer for a beat writer um in the game. Yeah. Yo he's streaky. Mm-hmm. He's the Jake Allen of coaches. Mm-hmm. When you have a Jake Allen of coaches and a Jake Allen in your net, it's not a good combo.
0: <laughs> that's a really well said. I yeah. think I think Yo he's is, always awful for the power play. He's yep. just he's had an awful power play everywhere. Never he's gone. I feel like never better than never like top half.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think. I did the numbers a while back. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is just he's inconsistent. He's tricky and he may, you know, they may start next season twenty and seven again, or whatever, yeah. you know. But yeah, I think. I mean, I don't think. I think there's a world in which we trade Jake Allen definitely this summer. I don't think there's any world in which we fire Mike Yo. Yep. At this point, unless you know Joel Quinville says I want to come coach for the Blues, well, the Hawks have already said but they've that already said, yeah. Back. But I'm just like that level of like. You had had a, thing, hit, but, You had him in your
1: notes. Uh, we didn't talk about him on air. Does Mark Crawford ever get another chance in the NHL? I don't know. That's a good question. He's not that old. He's he's maybe in his mid to late fifties. Mm-hmm. Or would you, if, if you're the Blues,
0: Daryl Sutter? Yeah, that's somebody that I'd look at for sure. If there's a cup winning coach out there, I think you call. Him. Just give him a call. Give, yeah, <laughs> you know, see what's up. And yeah, and that's the thing. I mean. I don't think Mike Yeo's a garbage coach. No. Of the two professional sports coaches in St. Louis, he's clearly the better one. Uh, <laughs> that's my own personal brand. But, he, okay, they're close, I guess. That's fair. It's quite flip. But Yeah, but... Let's put it this way. Is either one winning a championship? No. No. That's, that's a better way of saying it. But, um, you know, if you don't have the obvious replacement... You don't just replace him no. to get rid. of Well, I mean, and this is playing little well inside baseball for our friendship.
1: I I still like Brendan Rodgers. Uh huh. And when he got fired, I was kind of pissed. Yeah. But then when they announced a week later that it was Jurgen Klopp, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. I think Brendan Rodgers could. And Rodgers is
0: at Celtic now, right? Yeah, and he's, and he's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Well, he's he's coming back to the EPL in the in the fall. I think he's yeah. kind of saying, you know, when you're at Celtic, I mean. There's only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. The guy who went on like a 78 unbeaten streak, you mm-hmm. know, and that's how I feel. If, like you said, if Quinville was available, or for some reason John Cooper got in a pissing match with Steve Iserman oh, or something like that, God you bring those winning. guys in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. in a heartbeat. Until that happens, Mike Yo is your coach next year. I will make a prediction. Mike Yo is not your coach for
0: the 2020-2021 season. Nice. Who who do you think is, if you had to put odds on it right now? If <laughs> I had to put <laughs> odds, which on is it. a ridiculous question. You know what? I'll
1: give you I'll give you a name, and this is a name that probably make a lot of people who listen say uh, I'm on a crack, and he's doing a shitty job right now. But I don't think it's his fault. Alain Vinya No, uh, Tom McClellan. Okay. That's why I wanted them to hire when he got fired by the Sharks. I think he's a really good coach. Uh-huh. I think uh, he wore out his welcome in, the sh- in San Jose, which it it happens, but. Uh, He would be a guy, I would think. Better than Pete
0: DeBoer. I hate Pete DeBoer. Well, (laughs) Pete DeBoer may be an okay coach. I just think he's a scum. (laughs) He looks like one, at the very least. But, yeah, that's an interesting name. Uh, And Jake Allen, which is a good transition into your trade proposals. Oh, yeah, baby. uh, And I'll let you hit yours. I think what I would look for with Jake Allen is if there's a change of scenery, trade out there where you can unload the contract and just get the stink cuz even like even new stink is better than old stink when you're talking about players and so I've looked at my the names that come to mind are, are Cam Talbot in Edmonton and Jimmy Howard in Detroit as teams. These guys you'd want to bring in? Not necessarily want to, in terms of like those aren't guys. I mean, I like Talbot more than Howard, but like in terms of I could see those teams and those guys saying, we've got a struggling goalie who's been here a while and is on a short term contract and is older, and we'll take your struggling Goalie on a longer contract, who's younger, and we'll take the shot on the potential. Sure. Whereas you can get the guy who's maybe as great for you for a year, and if he's not, he's gone, and you can figure whatever. And you out. bridge the gap to get to who so or who so or yeah. Or if you can just trade uh, Jake Allen, I'd do the same thing with Auntie Ranta in free agency if you could get him. But sure. why don't you talk about your trade proposal? All right, so I got three, three trade ideas. Okay. And I want you to
1: rank them as follows. That's either a Schiller. Is it Is that how you say his name?
0: Sh- uh, Chierelli. Sh- Peter Ch- Chirelli. Chierelli. Yeah. yeah you you
1: call it Chirelli? <laughs> okay. And Armstrong, or say hire this man to be our new GM. Okay. All uh, right.
0: What would, so what people think David Poyle is not sure. what he not what he actually is. Yeah. But like David his Poyle in year
1: eighteen of his contract yeah. in Nashville.
0: Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: There you go. Along those lines. Do you want what we would get first or what we would give up uh, first? Get, give me what we would give up first. That'll be First trade, Jake Allen. Okay. Either Berglund or Steen. Okay. Your choice. Oof. A Blues first round pick next year, the Jets I saw pick. the Jets pick, okay. And Jordan Cairo. Oof. This one's big. This one probably, okay. this, this was the first one I wrote when I was pissed off. <laughs> I'm excited to hear what we get back on this blockbuster. This really. <laughs> might be more of a joy. Jeff Skinner and Scott Darling.
0: <sighs> Kairou might be too
1: much.
0: He might be Cairo might be too much because we're kind of bailing him out with Scott Darling too. Uh, I would say if I would say if I took if I say it's an Armstrong, does that mean it's likely to happen, or no, does it that just, just mean it's his, his level of confidence? Okay. Yeah, level of confidence. If 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 I if Cairo's not in it, I would say that's an Armstrong. Plus, maybe because I really like Jeff Skinner, and if you get rid of especially Steen's contract and Allen's, that's a win for you. Even if you have to take Scott Darling's, yeah, I, I think that. Which would is the fun. argument for maybe you include Kyrie? Or sorry, I left for my volume well, on, but it, it wouldn't even have to be Kyrie, but maybe it'd be Tage or Costin. Yeah, I, mean, I just
1: feel, and a lot of that would be contingent on could you keep Skinner. Moving forward, right? I would. He's, he's a he's a free agent after next year. Yeah. So the Kyrie is probably a little too too in depth.
0: Uh, but of players are that much. are conceivably attainable for this team, though, Jordan or Jordan, uh, what's his actual? Jeff Skinner is a player that I really love that I would love to add to this team. So yeah. I'm going to say Armstrong, arguably above right. or under if you have to give up one of the. Great prospect. So here's trade number two. Colton Perico and a first. It's straight up. It's a foil. No, i What's that? It's a foil. I was just kidding. <laughs> For Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Ooh. So going a... right after Charlie <laughs> And the first. Uh, I th- I feel like everyone listening to this is going to say that that's uh Chirelli. Why? Why? Because people love Colton Foreco. I mean they just do. And and I don't want to besmirch our listeners and say they aren't capable of critical thinking. Sure. But he's the golden boy and there's no as you said, there people just get violent when you start to talk bad about Colton yeah, yeah. But I would I think I would do that. I really like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He was a first overall pick. He's mm-hmm. a center. God knows when he centers. He's still only 23. Okay, that's a that's <laughs> a poil. I guess I don't want to say poil, but that's a that's a great trade to me. Yeah, it, a, p- part of that for me is I'm looking at the, I look at the Nugent hopkins or not the Nugent Hopkins. I look at the Jets pick as almost like spent money already because I just don't think there's it's a, a chance. Throwing. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance we use it to pick a player. Yeah. And so I just kind of figure it's gone anywhere, so I almost think it's just closed straight mean, up. The, for, the
1: window for this team is now. Yeah. we're I think we're closer to winning a cup, as we discussed earlier, than rebuilding. Mm. And if that's the case, then, yeah, if you have a first-round pick that's in the 20s, whatever. That's just icing on the top of a mm. cake. So, no, I think that would be a great trade. We It's somewhat similar a little less, maybe. That's why I had to throw in the first rounder for the infamous now Hall for Larson trade. Mm-hmm. You know, they still need defense. Larson's been fine, but Taylor Hall is gonna maybe win the heart. Yeah. So maybe you can get them to do it again because it's Connor McDavid's team, and mm-hmm. Nugent Hopkins has been hurt for most of this year. So,
0: yeah, no. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. the call you make? You can see the. You can see why it would happen for sure. Sorry. So here's my last trade.
1: Alex, now this one's going to be controversial. Okay, but I think it's worth it. I based based on based on the player and the years of service you have, I believe you have this player for if not two, three years on a very reasonable deal. Steen, mm-hmm. which I think is the number one poison contract and player on this team. I, I mean, I I've,
0: seems to be a solid argument for that.
1: But he's <laughs> he is not necessarily the golden boy, but he's definitely at least still maybe a silver boy. Where mm-hmm. people, I don't feel like. People, I feel like the Bluzier Nation rips on Berglund with impunity. Uh But Alex Steen, I feel like only the
0: smarks, if you will,
1: (laughs) rip on him. Yeah.
0: I will say with Steen, I think, not to cut you off, sorry, but I think the... I, I struggle to read what Steen is. Because there are days where I'm like, 100%, he's the locker room cancer. And then there are other days where I'm like, no, he's the one that's on the right page and everyone else needs to get on his level. And we don't know. But even if the latter is true, if no one else is on his level, then it doesn't really help much. So I, I don't care yeah. if he
1: is you know, Barry Bonds as far as a cancer or if he's... God, I don't know Oscar Sundquist because apparently everybody loves him. He's making five point seven five million dollars a year for the next four years. Yeah, yeah, that and contract And giving is you horrible. just shitty production. Yeah, it's and the horrible. fact that he's still in the
0: power play one unit is like, Baruby should be fired on the spot. Yeah, Alex Steen a hundred percent is the worst contract on this team. And I don't even, I don't even hate him. I just you got to get rid of that contract. That's it's how Doug terrible. Armstrong. It's not on Alex uh-huh. Steen.
1: Hey, get paid in the Escalade, man! Yeah, but absolutely. You four more years of a. Does he even get forty points this year? I don't think forty-five so. points, maybe. He what was mean?
0: injured, but I'll look it up while you.
1: So anyway, so this is King what's King controversial because the next name I have after this is the Golden Boy Robert Thomas. Oh boy! Oh, <laughs> Steen and Thomas for Alex. Kett, how do you say his name? Kostadinik. Yep. Yeah.
0: Straight up. Straight up. I don't think I do that because I love Thomas, but you are getting rid of the Steen contract. Uh, and you're getting a
1: guy who's 22, was the number three overall pick uh, what two or three years ago, four yep. years ago,
0: who apparently his Steen's actually at 46 points by the way, oh. which is better than I thought, but not yeah. well. $6 he's the king of empty net goals. Well, that's true. He'd probably <laughs> be at under 30, under 40 without them. Um,
1: no, I'm looking at a guy who is young, who's a center. Uh, this is very xenophobic of me here, but he's an American, yeah, damn it.
0: He is. He's an American. Which is weird that Montreal attracts Americans and then rejects them. They really them. do. Uh, Much they, like Max Pacioretty. I really wish we had You throw a, Max Pacioretty in that deal, I do it in a heartbeat. But, you know, it gets it done, though, doesn't it? I think... Why can't we have a French Canadian who could be... True. Uh, I think I'd throw. Do we have a French Canadian right now? I was. I I thought about this, but this is at four thirty in the morning after a screaming baby. I'd throw in our French Canadian, whoever he is. Uh, I think that one. Honestly, it's hard for me to say because I think it could be end up at either end of that spectrum. If Galchenyuk blossoms into a stud, like he certainly has the potential to do and Thomas doesn't really blossom, then you just absolutely fleece him. But if Thomas reaches his ceiling and we've seen Galchenyuk's ceiling... Have we seen Galchenyuk's ceiling? I don't think we have necessarily, but I'm just saying if we have... Yeah. Then you've just chiarelli yourself, yourself real hard. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's a really interesting one. I think it would be unpopular with, you know, Blues fans, as you say, Bluesers, but like... Because I know Thomas is and that's the thing, like I I will admit my own tendency to think Thomas is a, a demigod already and not I trade do too. Him. I mean he as I said to
1: you when you were asking me who's the one untouchable person, it it's probably Thomas. He's yeah. definitely top three. I mean the he, highlight reels alone are fantastic, but he's a prospect. And yeah. look at no further than the guy who's playing with Connor McDavid now, Ty Ratty, where mm. we for
0: years were drinking some Ty Ratty Kool Aid. Exactly. And I don't think the hey, Blues he gave he him a very fair fight with Connor McDavid, so I don't know what, what you're thinking about. Yeah, and I don't Kyru, know. Th- Kyru, I see a lot of Ty Ratty in. Kyru worries me for similar reasons. Oh, little. Because he's putting up ungodly points in the juniors, but he's little. Yeah. And, and that's why we'll see if he Second round. Yeah, same with Tyrod. they both went middle second round, middle late second round. Yeah. So, I my only my only hesitance against that is I feel like we could get more for Robert Thomas. So let me make up one on the spot. I like it, and and you can use your own system to grade <laughs> it. Would you do Colton Pareko, uh, Robert Thomas, and that first to get Drysidle from? The Oilers, who I think will make big changes this summer, whether or not it involves them. No, I don't think I would. You don't like Dreisaitl? Or the contract? I mean... Let me look at his contract, because it is a little questionable, I think.
1: Here's the thing. If you're going to trade the Oilers, why don't you take a shot at Hopkins
0: for less of a price? That's fair. I mean, that's fair. That, that's the only reason I'm looking at it. Dreisaitl like has... $8.5 million on his deal through 2025. So that's good. I mean, you control him. It's expensive, but you control him. Yeah. He um, would be your most expensive player. Yeah. Which you'd have to have that weird talk people have with people. And that... Which is a weird hockey thing. I don't think I would bother Petro to Tarasenko. It might. might.
1: We'd see. I don't think big time, but I think it would be enough where
0: it'd be awkward. Yeah. It's just interesting. I don't I don't know what the ceiling for what you can get for Robert Thomas is. But I, if I'm going to trade him, I'm going to find out what the highest value you can get is. You know? Yeah. And I feel like you can get Galchenek plus if you're trading Robert Thomas right now. But that's just my gut. I'm not on the inside, so I don't know. Would you... All right, let's go crazy. Galchenek and carry fucking
1: price <laughs> for Jake Allen. If I
0: can get Allen out of here
1: and Robert Thomas, and let's say you probably have to get a go, and then maybe even a cost in too or something. Like Am that.
0: I taking the whole contract of Carrie Price or are they eating some of it? Let's say you're taking two thirds of it. Because he's making what, nine million here? Two thirds of it, I'd do that. I would take the full thing. Huh? I'd, take the full I'd thing. probably take the full thing, two thirds of it. I wouldn't question it. Barbara Strong's getting fired, right? Uh, f- no, I don't. That's the <laughs> thing that blows my mind. I really don't think he is. And I don't understand it. Yeah. As much as we want to complain about, like, Doug Armstrong or that, that's Mike Joe, like it's, you look at other th- this teams. This team has been in the playoffs for
1: six straight yeah. years. Yes, they have no. And that's I think that's a problem, too, with Blues fans. Is it, and you're you're almost a decade younger than me, right? You're in your mid 20s. 27, yeah. 27, 27 and
0: I'm 36. Right so. In a couple of days.
1: You get so blues fans, blues fan in Kansas, great guy. I don't, I don't know if you follow him or not. Yeah, great, 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 great yep, guy. Yep. You know, if you listen to what's up, bud, he's an older guy and he gets more frustrated. And the Art Lippos and the Mr. You know, Blues Head, those guys have been around longer and they're frustrated and they are staring down the barrel of death. Uh
0: huh.
1: <laughs> you know, this is, you know,
0: I've seen Mr. Blues
1: Head out. I never introduced myself. I should, but you know, he's. God, late forties, early fifties. Uh-huh. They've seen the song in Nancy for I get the skepticism. You are still a fresh-faced young guy. Yeah. So, y- were you a fan during the It's era when he bought it from Lori? Is that when you got into
0: the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been conversational my whole life. I was, I really okay. got into it during the Johnson era. So okay, so yeah, some of that period, but so and I that's when I got back into it because I uh-huh. took a
1: height when I I was really into the blues. As we found out on our episode, when I was a kid, and then Uh when I got into high school during the uh, Pierre Turgeon and (laughs) Joel Quintinville years, Uh I was in college, I was doing college things, it was harder to keep...
0: For some reason it really sounded like I was doing cocaine.
1: I was doing a lot of coke, (laughs) a lot of blow, (laughs) listening to fish and following them around the world, trying to sound asio forever, but that was the era where the blues... They were really good, and they had that, that run when they won the President's Cup with Pronger, and then had those couple years they lost to Canucks back-to-back when Sadin's were young, as we alluded to earlier. And then I kind of fell out of favor with them mm-hmm. for a while just because it was harder to watch them. Mm-hmm. And then I got back into them with the its era where they sold us the David Backuses and Perrons and Oshis and Berglins and Lars Eller and all these guys. Mm-hmm. And so I get where the older fans are like, that's what Robert Thomas and Clem Kostin and Tage Thompson and Jordan Kyrie are. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. To me, though, and Villejusso to this extent as well, the Blues have never had a prospect like Robert Thomas. The Blues have not no. developed a center that's been a top yeah. 15 center since Bernie Frederico. Mm. And you cannot win the Stanley Cup without a top 10 or top 15 yeah. center. You can't. That's- so that's why when I was looking at these trades... Who are those guys that we can get? Because if this team has its core guys of between twenty six and thirty, that window is now. Mm-hmm. Unless you're going to trade off Tarasenko or Petrangelo for picks, yeah, you're you're half assing it. Have you ever watched Breaking Bad? Mm-hmm. So, oh, like, yeah. the greatest scene in that show, in my opinion, is when Mike gives his speech about half measures. Mm-hmm. There are no half measures anymore. It's got to be full measures. Yeah, And that's what Doug Armstrong will be judged by me and you and some other of the smart blugers mm-hmm. going into next season is, can he pull off a trade where it was nice to get rid of the Letera contract last year and bring in Chen. Yeah, that's a nice little win. Hooray. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a franchise-altering trade. Yeah. This team hasn't made a franchise-altering trade in probably Since a decade. Johnson
0: deal, maybe? Yeah, maybe that's yeah. franchise altering because it you're was. trading your number one You're right. Number you're absolutely in. right. But but that's a decade ago, almost. Yeah. I mean that's God, eight years eight ago. My sophomore year in college which yeah. was 8 years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's I I'm I'm really glad you took a moment to uh, establish exactly what Robert Thomas is because I, I just think saying anything like, you know, he's just another TJ Oshie is just not Is this ingenuous? It's yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I'm I'm not trading Robert Thomas in any deal other than for a young center. Like that's the on, that's the only world in which I consider trading him. I wouldn't trade him for Taylor Hall right now. I mean I just I buy I probably would, but that's <laughs> that's hyperbole. But my point yeah. is like I'm not trading that for anything less than like a mega deal that dramatically alters your franchise, sure. preferably for a center because we desperately need them. I mean, it would have to be a center. And so, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's impossible. It is necessary to like pump the brakes at the same time and say he's nineteen. He hasn't played a day in the NHL, you know. Ken Hitchcock once said, Dimitri Yaskin was the next Marian Hosa. Like, all that stuff is important. (laughs) It's important to say that and remember what prospects are and how volatile they are, and remember that, you know. Eric Johnson was playing golf one day and ro- rolled a golf cart over his ankle, and you can never know how much that altered his career. Mm-hmm. When he's still been a very good defenseman for a very long time, but you, you know maybe he was Drew Doughty and now he's Jack Johnson or whatever you know. But yeah, like, that's great, great analogy. But um, yeah, so you just you'd have to uh, you'd have to get the world to trade him, mm-hmm. and I think. I'd, I'd be interested to see what they do I mean that's the big question is I think that's the thing is we're more excited now to see what
1: they do in June even though the playoffs are still a very decent possibility yeah. than,
0: you know yeah. it. I mean let's so let's talk about that for a minute so we have two games left yep uh, we're fighting for the eighth wild card spot we have the Blackhawks and the Avalanche the Avalanche is the Avalanche game is Probably a win in your end, regardless. Unless we lose to the Blackhawks and they beat the Sharks, which are they playing tonight? Playing tonight. Uh, so they should Pump be playing drops, currently. But, yeah, coming off pure soon. But uh, we control our own destiny still to an extent, which is the amazing thing about how as it's much as we how, struggle, yeah, nobody it's... else has you know, s- step, stepped on anybody's throat, stepped on our throat, put the... Knife through our eye and into our brain and killed us or whatever. Doug Armstrong said, but, like, yeah. and that's the thing. We could still get in very believably. All we really need to do is, I mean, if we win both games, we're in for sure. Mm-hmm. If we win against the Avalanche, we're a pretty good shot of getting in. Yep. Um, but even if we get in, and that's the thing, it's like you're getting in and you're facing Nashville and there's no way it goes more than five games, I don't think. Maybe it goes six, but it's not. It's not going to be a close series. Anything can happen in the playoffs. All yeah, now, but, but I just don't see it no. in, in my mind. And so that's why we're looking ahead and saying, "What's the offseason going to hold?" And also with the frustration of this team, you don't want to talk to fans and try to. I'm I'm not about like calming the panic meter right now, because we've done everything we can. Wait,
1: did you think going into this season they're going to win the cup?
0: No, I certainly didn't. I thought they might be better than this. I think but I think the whole story of this season is the first month. That's what killed me. raised our expectations that way above where they ever should have been. Oh, I remember like cuz when we did our central division preview, I toyed with the idea of saying the Cup, the boys would miss the playoffs. Um a but, lot of national publications had us missing the yeah, playoffs. But I said it, you know, as the Homer pick. I said we'd come in third in the division, and we're not really that far from it. That's why I thought we'd be, yeah. But if your power play was in the if your low power teams, play was in the middle percentiles, you'd be yeah, fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't. I cut off something you were gonna say. I didn't mean. No, either, I mean, but. I just I, I hate that crap
1: where the older fans say, you fifty two year you know, fifty two years and counting, like." Do you really think they're going to win this year? Yeah. It's one thing to say it when, you know, you're a president's trophy team and then you lose in the first round,
0: but I don't know. This fan base, it, get, it wears on your soul. It really does, yeah. And, I mean, we're all in it together, but we're not at the same time. What a shitty hashtag. We're two di- Oh, all together now? Oh, terrible. I could rant about that for days. I'm not going to let myself, but I could. Uh yeah, I mean, not to end it on a sad note. I didn't really have a tweet of the week geared up this week though, so I guess we are ending on a sad note. But I think it's just kind of this is this is the most critical off season that the Blues have had in ages. It reminds uh, arguably me, the Backish year was close. Which one? Or when back the back year back? when is left. No, I think I think to me
1: the the biggest off season. In the last 10 years is when they lost that wild series in six. Mm-hmm. Because it was it was a weird series where, you know, Oshie had become the Berglund or Steen or whoever you want. Berglund's always been Berglund, but Oshie was public enemy number one. Mm-hmm. And Jake Allen had the ball that series when people feel like it should have been Elliot. I don't feel like Jake Allen cost him that series. What cost him that series was... What's cost them every series the last decade. Their forward depth is just not that good. Mm -hmm. I was looking at um, the strike season. Um, You know, it was five years ago when they were, I believe, won the division that year. Mm -hmm. And they lost to the Kings in six. Do you want to know who led the team in scoring that year?
0: I don't think I do. No, you don't. If I had to guess, would it be Alex Steen? No, it was Chris Stewart. Oh, God. So... Oh, so,
1: <laughs> like that hurt. So, like, Doug Armstrong gets a lot of shit for building a team of third liners.
0: Oh, uh-huh.
1: he hasn't pulled off the blockbuster trade, but at the, at the same time, he hasn't had the assets to pull it off. He has those assets now. We brought up the honestly, the top ones Jordan mm. Kyrou, um, the Fab Four, right? Yeah. But there's also other guys like Eric Foley and Drew Sanford and even the corpse of Robbie Fabry that Ottawa apparently was interested in. Yeah. You know what? We have Ivan we- Barbashev, Dmitry Askin have value
0: to a team. Nolan Stevens. You know, yeah, name. I mean we have more pieces to trade right now than any time in yeah. in my fandom by far. Sure. And the the other side of that same coin is they can't all be blues. Right. I mean you can't there's only 23 spots on the roster and right. some of those are already taken as much as we may hate Absolutely. most of the players on the team, Absolutely. you know? So yeah. And I, and that's and what really, I really hope. And we've only talked forwards. As you also said earlier,
1: they need to make a big splash. I feel like in the forward depth, but uh, they also need to start building up that back end again. They as could well. shake up a defensive
0: core a little bit, I think too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Especially if you made a Pareko trade. mm -hmm, Yeah, 100%. I think the parting thought I'll kind of give is, uh, you know, the obvious move out there is the Mike Hoffman deal, which is fine. I mean, I think Mike Hoffman... What do you think he would cost right now? Uh, I think we would, I think we'll give the first, and my guess is maybe uh, Fabry and something... I would think it would either be Fabry and something or Tage, and something less than Fabry would be my guess. Would you rather trade Fabry or Tage right now? I would still rather trade Fabry just because I just... Wow. I I like Fabry, but I just don't want this team making any part of its plans around Robbie Fabry next year. Just because we're in too tenuous a spot. I really think Fabry could help. But I just don't want us to do what we did this season, going in and expecting Robbie Fabry to be a top six forward, and having him blow up again. Yeah, that's the danger. And and I'm a I'm a risk averse person when it comes to trading. So sure, you know. But my my point in bringing up Hoffman is I I what I really hope, much like with the Shin deal, what I, and the I think at the time the Johnson deal, what I really hope is that. Uh, Army has one or preferably two or more of those deals that just come out of left field where he gets a player you never thought would move. He trades a player that you didn't expect to move, and it really just shakes out this team because I think that's what they need right now.
1: So let me ask you this. Let's say going to next year, the big move the Blues made was Alex Steen, mm-hmm. a first-round pick, and Eric Foley for Mike Kaufman. And that was the only trade
0: they made. How would you feel? I don't think it's enough. I think it helps. I do think it helps to lose Alex Dean and add a top six forward. But if you're coming in with Jake Allen and somebody as your goalies and you're coming in with the same defensive unit and you're coming in with Bergwind and Savoca still occupying yeah, talked about mo- minutes... I just think they need more. I, that deal on paper looks great to me. I think if you do that, I don't even. I'm not you even. You gotta would make that deal. I think they might because they might convince themselves that Alex Dean is some sort of veteran leadership they need. But um, and I, I like Mike Hoffman. I'm not in love with him like a lot of boys fans are, but. It makes you better. That deal makes you better immediately. Yeah, I think it'd be fine. But I just don't think it's enough on its own. Yeah, And that's my read on it. You're welcome to disagree if you do. No, I echo I, I, I,
1: okay, your sentiments. I, I feel like that would be a nice trade, but I feel like that's not enough. There would need to be a second trade.
0: Yeah, I agree. Hopefully more than that.
1: We'll yeah. see.
0: I guess that's that's the big question As we'll see. So, uh, yeah, I guess we can wrap up or move towards wrapping up. Thank you for coming in. I
1: appreciate the invite. To hey, our
0: luxurious apartment hey, studio. A
1: great time. And uh, once again, my name is Tommy. You can follow me on uh, Hummeltown on Twitter. And more importantly, my podcast, PC Bombcast. If you want kind of a uh, puck soup light would be the best way I could describe our show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's very accurate. Uh, I love it. It's a great lesson. You led yourself into your own plug, so I don't even have to take you there. I'm a professional. Uh, you are. You're very good at this. Uh, thanks for coming. We will have Ian next week and doing God knows what. It depends on whether we make the playoffs or not. So <laughs> keep uh, track of us on Twitter, where we've gained two followers, by the way, since the start of this podcast, which I can only, only attribute to you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can follow us there at Two Guys No Cup. Thank you all for listening. Have a great night.